It's Free Talk Live. We are kicking off yet another show where you are invited to take control of the airwaves. You can bring up anything you want. The toll-free number is 855-450-FREE-LIKE-FREEDOM. That's 855-450-3733. We have the Discord call-in-line rooms for you over at discord.lrn.fm. So feel free to jump into any one of those, and you'll sound almost like you're sitting here in the studio with us tonight. That includes me, Ian. Nobody. And Chris. And uh, later on tonight, nobody's got his show. Uh, we're, we're back with it because we had to take a couple weeks off due to Forkfest. Nobody was here. Uh, well, actually, uh, we did have one guy coming in late night to uh, to do our archives, but uh, we were mostly up in the woods in the White Mountains of New Hampshire at Rogers Campground for Forkfest. So, uh, nobody tells the truth. We'll return tonight after 10 p.m. Eastern time on our video streaming services, dlive.lrn.fm and twitch.lrn.fm. So mark your calendar for that later tonight. Starting out with uh, yet another disturbing, and I guess we shouldn't be surprised, kind of story. This one coming out of uh, San Antonio, Texas, where they're saying the Texas Division of Emergency Management is now advising residents to consider wearing a mask at all times, even inside your own home. Well, you never know. It's quite I, possible you could get the Rona from yourself in the shower. I, I, I had to say, the first thing I, I thought to do when I, I saw that title is grab my mask and throw it on. You know, I was sitting on my computer and I'm like, oh my God, I might I might pass it on to myself. What, you already saw this, I this might story? Be a danger. I saw the headline and I thought <laughs> I might be a danger to myself. Well, now you are uh, one of the, the three studio hosts here tonight who actually has worn a mask. Oh yeah, uh, I in, wear a mask all the time actually. Not, all I mean, the time? Not, not all the time, but... Because I haven't little... seen you with it very often <laughs> yeah. these days. So, so, so all the time. I mean, I'm frequently wearing it. Okay, but I'm not wearing it all the time. When literally. is the? When is it when you are commonly seen wearing um, it? Is it when you go to stores? And yeah, usually like when that? I go out. Anytime mm-hmm. I go out, and I'm not, a, I'm not either eating or you know doing a show or something of that nature. Mm-hmm. Where do you, you know, wear it in the car? Gonna, no, well. No. Well, no, not not to protect any, not to protect myself or anybody else, because okay. that just doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't seem to um, make sense. But no. um, I, I will put it on before I go out, so I will I will frequently be driving with my mask on. Well, Chief Nim Kid is this person's name. He says you're not going far enough, Chris. He said the community has paid attention and done well outside of their homes, but it's not enough. He said, quote, we still need people to wear the mask out in public. We still need people to keep social distance and isolation. Ryan, the one thing I want to try to get across today is we need to do that when we're in our homes also. As you know, I'm a lifelong San Antonian, grew up there, worked there for many years, and I know how many multi-generational families that we have. While we believe the community is doing a great job of following the rules when they're outside the home, we really need to be thinking about doing the same thing when we're inside the home, he said. Kids said the state is seeing an influx of cases throughout recently, and it should serve as a reminder that no one is immune from the disease. He said further, quote, the fact that we need to get across is in order to protect ourselves, we need to protect our families and our loved ones. We really need to think about the care that we're providing inside the home right now to make sure we're not spreading this inside the home, then making it come outside the home. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> wow okay so i mean the whole the whole reason to wear a mask is to reduce uh you know the spread but it doesn't mean you have to eliminate it entirely that really it should be to uh basically get the r not down below one 
So, I mean, I, I don't know where it's at now, but certainly. I don't either. Uh, and honestly, I don't care um, because I'm not concerned with the spread of COVID-19. It doesn't seem to be particularly deadly uh, to me. I don't see people dying in my life, left or right, anywhere, as a matter of fact, for that matter. I think it's way blown out of proportion. And this is just the, you know, this is the cherry on the S cake here uh, that the government has been cramming down people's throats. Now they're saying you should be wearing masks inside your home. So make sure you keep the mask right at hand next to your shower. So when you step out, I mean, unless they're going to say wait you should minute, wear it in the shower. Minute, wait, a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's that's not wearing it all the time, though. You right, should be you wearing it in the shower. You need to get one of these waterproof masks. I don't even know where right. you get one. But. And, and I guess, you know, you really ought to be, I mean, if you want to be the ultimate in cautious, you shouldn't be sleeping with anybody anymore. Oh, I mean, definitely we need not. to make sure we separate all couples. Uh, Chris, you're going to need to separate from uh, from your partner. You're going to have to go into different rooms. Uh, if you, sorry, if you've got a wife or a husband, I'm sorry, just you need to go ahead and... Uh, you know, get them out of your room, and because you don't want to be, you know, you don't want to be in a bed with somebody, even if they've got a mask on. I mean, that's risky. Oh, absolutely. There's risk involved. I mean, it's, isn't it scary out there? Although kids shied away from saying residents must wear masks in their home, he said it needs to be heavily considered. In the interview, he cited how some people may be going out for holidays or parties, but not considering what may they may be bringing into their homes. So this is kind of interesting because I'm going to be going away next week. Where are you going? And visiting somebody who has um, got uh, immune, very serious immune disorder, could die regardless of whether or not mm-hmm. you know the whole COVID-19 thing happened. And uh, honestly, I'm basically going to be keeping my distance for about a week, and then mm-hmm. we're going down. Um, but You're going to keep your distance... From other people, just, you know, to reduce the risk of getting infected. Gotcha. Um, but usually the symptoms will show up within five or six days. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's not eliminating the risk. Potentially, we could end up killing somebody. But um, the risk is drastically lower if you give it a week and you haven't come down sicker with symptoms. So. Kid asked, have you done the things to protect yourself and your family when you're at home? And when you have extended family coming to stay with you, are you doing everything you can to protect them and yourself from this virus? He asked. You can, uh, then they, if for whatever reason you want to, they've got a full interview with this jackball uh, control freak who is actually telling people that they should wear a mask when inside their homes. And this is in Texas, mm. supposedly one of the you know more freedom friendly places in there's, the United States. There's there's extremes. Well, nothing is uh, is not talking about requiring it. No. So, I mean, there is no freedom position on any scientific issue, including your statistical chance of dying from the from the covid. The thing that's important to freedom is that you're free to make your own choices, which means maybe underestimating the damage, uh, the danger of covid or maybe overestimating the damage of covid. So long as you make your own decisions and don't make decisions for other people. I don't have a problem with Well, it. this guy may not be able to make that decision. He's just the head of the Texas Division of Emergency Management. I don't know if that person has the ability to make a diktat that everyone must wear masks in their homes. So How would they even enforce that? I don't want to begin to find out. Yeah. I, I don't know. Did That's- you see the uh, TSA uh, episode from South Park where TSA was the Toilet Safety Administration. Oh yeah, that was a funny episode. <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious. Something like that is what I envision. Yeah. Or maybe uh, children snitching on their own parents. 
I, I, you know, it's funny because they don't they have the school shut down. Our kids, kids aren't even going to school. Um, I think it depends on where you go. So I did see a headline that in New Hampshire, the Catholic private schools will be going back to school. Okay. Uh, this coming fall, and also colleges are expected to be going back with severe restrictions. For mm. instance, you can't even hug anyone now on uh, on a college campus. No handshaking. No hugs are yeah. allowed. Uh, in order to go back to school. And I don't know if we're going to be able to go to our breakfast uh, anymore because we used to, mm, back when there was a, right. a school uh, to go to, they have a nice little dining commons with a, like a, a buffet, basically. And so you can go to a, we we would go once a week to a breakfast buffet there. And they may be requiring masks in order to get in there. I I don't know. And yeah, we'll it seems like out. it seems like it would be make more sense to be like if you don't want to go, then you know you could do online classes or whatever. But if yeah. you do want to go, let, let people go. I mean, you're going to reduce the number of people, uh, you know, in a close quarters anyway. Which, if your objective is to reduce the spread, you know, that's that's going to, uh, you know, presumably have some sort of an effect. So I, I also heard that they're going to be. Um, getting rid of the breaks. So, like, normally you get, like, a break for Thanksgiving and a break for, you know, whatever other holidays yeah, right, are, right. are in the fall semester. Well, they're apparently just going to be just shoving all the semester days into one block. And then they'll be actually leaving school for that semester. I think it was around Thanksgiving. So they took out all the breaks between the different parts oh, of the semester. Okay. And they're just going to do it all contiguous. Hmm. So the idea is that students won't have any reason to go home and then pick up COVID from when they go home and then come back to the school. So Interesting. That uh, is my understanding. 855-450. Free like freedom. That's 855-450-3733. If you want to comment on masks in the home, that's where they're going next with this. Uh, 855-450 free like freedom this is free talk live it's free talk live you can bring up anything you want here the toll free number is 855-450 free coming up chris uh, you're going to be telling us about this new earn it act and what this has to do, uh, I'm not sure what the title of it stands for. I'm sure we'll find that out uh, mm. coming up here shortly. But it has to do with these online websites and liability for content and restrictions. And we'll get into that coming yeah, up it's, here. it's a censorship type story. Yeah, so we'll, uh, we'll share that with you in uh, tech news on the way here. Our number is 855-450-FREE, 855-450-3733, Free Talk Live. Brought to you by Liberty Stickers. If you want to reach people with the ideas of liberty, you can do it from the back of your car with libertystickers.com. You can reach thousands of people with a bumper sticker, and you know people love to read them, so check out the vast selection of witty, poignant, pithy, and downright bombastic liberty-oriented messages at libertystickers.com. Uh, it's Ian Nobody and Chris in the studio here tonight. We were starting out with just a just a quick ridiculous piece out of Texas where the Texas Division of Emergency Management's boss man named Chief Kim Nid or excuse me Nim Kid uh is saying that they're not going to mandate this but that you really ought to put your masks on inside of your homes. And for people that you know, are totally indoctrinated into this mask system. I bet a lot of them are going to take this seriously because whatever it is the government says, they do. <laughs> and so it's not a mandate, but there's all kinds of people wearing masks out there who have not been mandated to wear them in New Hampshire. 
There is not a mandate to wear a mask, but yet when you're out and about, it is not uncommon to see people. Now, there's still plenty of people without them, but... Now, there's, see, there's, there's, there that still mandate. doesn't bother me. Nobody's mask has ever harmed me. Correct me if I'm wrong, but there is a mandate when you go into different sorts of places, correct? Not like here. Not in New Hampshire. Uh, a business may may make the may make a mask may mandatory a although okay. that's but somewhat that illegal because uh not in new not hampshire in new there hampshire. is never a legal requirement to people wear masks massachusetts uh, there in is new hampshire no, no 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 not on the people but on the businesses i thought there in was massachusetts some sort of liability. there's a there's a mandate that you must uh wear masks inside of businesses or in any public place where you can't socially distance supposedly as i understand what's going okay. on down there there are some other states uh, i believe new jersey did just pass a restriction that mandates that businesses be the enforcers on this okay so uh yes there are some states from what i understand they're doing a total I, I crackdown mean, on this most of the businesses that i'm i'm i don't want to say most of them but a lot of businesses that i'm seeing have something about like if you go to get a haircut you know uh they they ask that you put a mask on um they're requiring it in some fashion there are some businesses that are requiring entirely you know uh voluntary on the business's part but i was under the impression that even in new hampshire that that they were implying in some fashion uh i think that you're right when it comes to the barbershops and the haircutter mm -hmm. salons that there may be a so-called governor's order Mm -hmm. that does I mean, again, does it require it? Of course, they're going to say it's required, but is it actually required? Would require a court case mm. uh, to determine. I would argue that no, a governor's order is not a law, so therefore it's not required. But they certainly act like it's required, and they've been threatening businesses over you know whatever levels of noncompliance. So I think most of these haircutting places mm-hmm. are doing what they're told to do in the same way that people are being told they should wear masks in homes in Texas. So some people are going to do that and i just think it's uh it's sad and nobody look i i agree with you that the individual i don't care if somebody's wearing a mask individually especially if you are actually you know uh, vulnerable or if you are sick and you want to prevent people from catching the illness and you don't want to stay home then mm-hmm. you know wearing a mask seems like a fine idea but in the aggregate i think it's a bad thing because in the mm-hmm. same way that i think people taking a plea deal is a bad thing in the aggregate but not a bad thing for the individual like in a lot of cases taking a plea deal in court is going to reduce potential damage that you face it's going to end the uh, the suffering of having to go through the court system sooner rather than later so i don't blame personally any one individual for taking a plea deal even though i think that in the aggregate if a bunch of people take plea deals we all get screwed because it empowers the state to you know destroy more lives and it just it doesn't do anything to push back against the uh, the tyranny when it comes to masks if a bunch of people are wearing masks it encourages other people to wear masks because then they're just going along to get along they want to look like the rest of society so they go ahead and they they mask up and i think we lose our connection to humanity as a result of that if i can't see somebody's face if I can't see the expressions that they're making, I don't know if that person's smiling. I don't know if that person is angry. Uh, just looking at their eyes, you may be able to tell in certain about cases. hand gestures and things like that that I've noticed people using? Hand gestures are certainly helpful. Um, however, it's disconnecting in the same way that when the police, I've been a critic of police, for instance, wearing uh, all dark colored clothing and dark uh, sunglasses because you can't make eye contact 
with them anymore. It's, it's, it's a level of a shield almost that they're putting between them or a barrier that they're putting between themselves and the rest of us. And it, yeah. and it, uh, it detracts from their connection to humanity, I think. Yeah, I mean, that's that's probably true. I mean, and I guess you could say the same thing about a burqa, but I wouldn't give somebody, yeah. a, you know, I I don't complain about other people wearing a burqa. I, I don't just, either. I but just if it became might not, 80%. I, I w- might not go out of my way to, to go hang out with a bunch of people I couldn't see. <laughs> okay, I'll give you that. But you don't really see burqas very often. You don't even really see hijabs very often, at least around here. Um, if it were 80, 90% of people that were wearing burqas, I would be saying that something's wrong here, that this mm. is not a good you know, direction for I, society I, I to ag- go in. I think I agree with you. Um, but I also think it's, I think it's also wrong to wear clothing. Um, you know, okay. I, if I can't see other people's, you know, private areas. So when are you going like to lead that, the way on that? I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I mean if you really believe it's wrong, if you really believe it's not cold now, <laughs> it's not, if you really true, believe that it's wrong, then I would expect you to prove it. <laughs> now you can't do it on the cameras here because that would violate the Twitch and DLive uh, okay, terms of okay. service, but we're going to be down in Central Square tonight. Tonight, yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, take it off, my man, and yeah, uh, lead the way. Unfortunately, <laughs> I won't be going tonight. But uh, uh, okay, I'm going to be. I'm cutting this off as my last <laughs> out, out, out outing for for now. The next I, it week would or be so. funny if you showed up in the Central Square, which for listeners that don't know, is right in the heart of downtown <laughs> Keene, wearing nothing but a mask. Yes, that would be hilarious. That would be hilarious. Oh, that would be so tempting. That would be so tempting. And you know, um, well, the problem is you probably would get picked up for whatever the lewd and lascivious or something. There's one. There's a certain charge, uh, and I don't know what it was. I don't know what the exact charge is, Mm. but essentially, it's. The displaying of one's genitals in public is mm-hmm. a crime in, in New Hampshire, from what I understand. Yeah. But interestingly, there's an argument that it wouldn't apply to women because their genitals are internal. That is very interesting. Yeah, I don't know if anyone's ever made that uh, that argument anywhere. There was there most was, women don't want to strip down in yeah, public anyway. There so. was that the, the beach uh, incident with the women. Um, what, yes, I'm trying to think what that. I but that what was, was only called, toplessness, but, though. Wasn't yeah, full nude. but they did they did say something like women and men are the same, or I don't know. They just, they said something that was absolutely absurd. Who said that? It was like the Supreme Court. I think it was, wasn't it? No, I think the Supreme Court said they are not the same. Actually, they're not the same. Yeah, they had a ridiculous ruling. Yeah, that it was still it was the, so ridiculous. The the same, it made no sense. They said the opposite of whatever it was that uh, is obvious of to sanity. Every, yeah, yeah. Eight fifty five four fifty free. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. You can share your thoughts on the radio. It's free talk live. The next generation wallet is coming from Divi. In just a few taps, you'll be able to send, earn, spend, and exchange digital money in seconds. Send money around the globe with only a swipe. Instantly exchange between Divi, Bitcoin, and fiat right in the mobile app and withdraw directly to your bank account. Divi already offers the first one-tap solution for earning passive income with crypto. Multi-tiered masternodes allow everyone to partake in the network. Visit DiviProject.org. DiviProject.org. It's Free Talk Live. You may dial toll-free. Take control of the airwaves here. Our number 
is 855-450 free like freedom that's 855-450-3733 we have the discord call in line rooms at discord.lrn.fm and uh, you can also join us online anytime you want over at freetalklive.com free talk live brought to you by anypay if you are ready to start accepting cryptocurrencies like bitcoin and bitcoin cash uh, dash as well in your local business you can easily do that by starting with the anypay cash register app all you got to do is go and download it from the apple or google app stores and install it on whatever device you want and then get it set up and the setup is super fast all you need to do is plug in your cryptocurrency wallet addresses into the back end and then you're good to go you're ready to start accepting cryptocurrency payments at your point of sale it is so easy and it's free to do as a business owner so it's a no-brainer uh, unless you you know don't want to be on the cutting edge and you don't want your customers to think of you as like you know <laughs> hip or cool when it comes to payments so check it out over at anypayinc.com anypayinc.com or just go to the google or apple app store and look for anypay cash register were we were we talking yeah we were talking about public indecency yeah uh on the air because we were also talking about it off the air here and uh we were. and i did pull up the statute the section one is a person this is in new hampshire uh rsa 645 colon one a person is guilty of a misdemeanor if such person fornicates so has sex exposes his or her genitals or performs any other act of gross lewdness under circumstances which he or she should know will likely cause affront or alarm and what we were just discussing before we came back on the air is you know I'm not a legal expert or anything like that, so I don't know what the standard is as far as you've got three separate things here, right? Yes, Fornication, it's a language problem, as well as just a legal. legal yeah, it's issue. confusing. So you got these three things that are separated by commas: mm. fornication, exposure of genitals, or performing any other act of gross lewdness. And then there's the rest of it, which says under circumstances which he or she should know will likely cause affront or alarm. So the question is: Does that last part? also apply to fornication and exposure of genitals does it mean that exposing your genitals under circumstances in which you know you should know will cause affront or alarm is what's illegal or is it just plain old exposure of your genitals under any circumstances it seems like this would be overly broad too like like just beyond you know i don't know it just it's just like it seems overly broad I mean, if if you, uh, I mean, something you should know. What does that mean? I mean, I, I mean, you could interpret that in. I, I mean, what I what I think it should be is not the same thing as what the, you, what the judge will, right? Yeah. What the judge is going to think it should be. Say some girl has a crazy crush on you. Mm-hmm. You know that if you have sex with somebody else, it may cause her affront or alarm. That's mm, true. Yeah. Is, does that make it illegal? It shouldn't. I mean, that seems kind of absurd. I mean, this is the whole point of having laws is so that we all know what is you know, written down is so that we all can know what is or is not but it allowed. Doesn't help. But it doesn't help <laughs> if you put in something that then we all have a different opinion on. Uh, and then the rest of the indecency, uh, indecent exposure and lewdness statutes are about doing things in front of young people. Uh, and then class A felony applies. So, yeah, basically it's just a misdemeanor charge if you reveal your genitals hmm. in a place presumably that would cause affront or alarm and so if you want to comment you're welcome to join us here the toll-free number is 855-450-FREE we do not give legal advice we are not attorneys uh, <laughs> and the uh, statutes here in new hampshire are not necessarily what you will see in other parts of the united states so keep that in mind as we continue here uh, we're going to get into some tech news 
And you've got a story, Chris, about this thing called the Earn It Act. Yeah. Not sure what it is that the. I'm sure that's. I'm going to guess that stands for something. It's probably an acronym. Uh, of some sort, because politicians just love to make acronyms out of their legislative titles. So yeah, tell me about this they thing. They do. What's going so, on? Yeah, this is... Uh, let's see, uh, where's and the where's the story from? from um, press release, free and open internet, and I FP, it looks like. FP? FP, free press, I think. Okay. Um, so the title of the story is Senate Judiciary Committee Passes Controversial Earn It Act. Um, so this is, this is from July 2nd. Hmm. So, um, on Thursday, the Senate Judiciary Committee passed an amended Earn It Act, paving the way for floor debate in the full Senate. And this is spelled Earn It, E-A-R-N-I-T? Yeah, E-A-R-N-I-T. Okay. That's right. Um, though the bill, uh, has changed substantially since its early drafts, free press action. Okay. So it was free press action is, mm-hmm. is, is, is the full title, I guess, of the, where it's the source, uh, continues to raise serious concerns about the legislation. The original bill would have uh, charged a new congressionally appointed commission within the Department of Justice to develop best practices that websites, applications, broadband providers, and other online entities could follow to avoid liability uh, for what the bill describes as online child sexual abuse material posted on their sites or sent over their services by third party. You know, this sounds very... Oh, see, they're just trying to protect the children, Chris. They're, they're trying to bring back, effectively... Uh, I'm trying to think what... I, I forget what the name of the act is. There was uh, numerous... Communications Decency Act. Yeah, it sounds like it sounds like they're trying to bring that back, effectively, in a, in, Did in that a roundabout go away? way. Yeah, it was, um, it was passed like struck five down. times, um, it, repeatedly, and the Supreme Court got struck it down every time. Huh. Um, so and I, it was a little bit different. Like, I think it had to do... You know, I don't even remember the details of that, but I think it was like... I think that partially had to do with like, I don't know if people remember in the 90s, you couldn't like, well, you could, but there was websites where if you wanted to access a free porn website, you'd actually have to like enter a credit card number, even mm-hmm. though it wouldn't be charged. And you could sign up for like, like these services where you would pay like some amount of money and then get a code and then you could use it on fr- you know free. And I'm putting that in quotes, websites. Basically. So the idea is that if you have a credit card, you're not a child. Yes, the idea, yeah, yeah. and it supposedly was to protect children, but you know the Supreme Court ruled something to the effect of uh, adults have the right to free expression, um, and it doesn't matter if, like, I guess children could potentially be harmed or something to hmm. that effect. That's interesting because um, uh, children are not an excuse to basically override your free speech rights. Good to know. Uh, we know that within the last, I think, year or so, Great Britain put in a very similar system. Yeah, France, Italy um, either passed or are passing something uh, Yeah, something similar to. Um, Where you have to as, like put in a credit card number, yep, get yep. some sort of adult yeah, pass it, to get on adult sites. The passed something, but apparently it is it got... Hmm. Um, I, I don't know. It's it's no longer the case really? because okay, it just like doesn't work or something. They couldn't make it. They couldn't. They couldn't make force it work, everybody yeah. into their system. It was well. There was so many privacy issues with it that it just wasn't workable. It wasn't like it. It just didn't mm. work. So, um, I well, mean, plus I would think they could only really apply it to sites that are hosted within their jurisdiction. Well, as well. yeah. I mean, obviously, um, it's so. kind of a it's 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 such a stupid thing to do, like or pass because it's like you know that nobody. All you're doing is pushing out pornographic you know companies that are in the porn business out of your country right mm-hmm, yeah. um it's not going to stop somebody from you know you know uh setting up you know somewhere else basically that right. has less uh you know less stringent laws okay so what's this earn it thing doing so um the bill amended today has removed any legal authority from the doj commission abandoning the premise of earning section 230 protections by following the commission's recommended practice section basically, 230 hold on slow down a second here 
Section 230 is that part of the, uh, I, thought, I thought it was the communications, is it not the Decency Act? What was it part uh, of? I want to say DMCA, but I don't think that's it. I don't think it was a different act. No, basically, basically it, it eliminates liability for service providers um, and telecommunications Yeah, it was companies. the Communications Decency Act. So that must still be in place. Yeah, Maybe only in, parts of it were overturned? Part, probably. Um, yeah, I think that's exactly what it was. It was, okay. it was only part, some of it was overturned, but not all of it. Because we've talked in, I would say, a great amount of detail over the last few years at different points about this uh, Communications so, Decency Act Section 230, yeah. which ostensibly allows businesses like a YouTube, for instance, to allow its users to post content and not have liability right. for any sort of slander or you know whatever info, uh, whatever violative, uh, violative more, content might more be. More or less, there are some exceptions, I believe, to that. Um, mm-hmm. But um, yeah, basically, it, 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 basically, no business, no service provider could operate without this act Correct. or this part of this act anyway. Not not um, any service provider right. that allows users to post right exactly. content, whether exactly. that be a site like a YouTube or whether it be a site like the Free Talk Live forum. Well, even your internet uh, service instance. provider couldn't operate. Eight fifty five, four fifty free, and that's what this Earn It Act is going to be addressing, and it's going to make things worse, as I understand yeah. it. So we'll yeah. tell you about it coming up here, and you can share your thoughts as well. This is Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want here. The toll-free number, 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. And uh, you can take control of the airwaves. We've been talking about this new Earn It Act. Now, I don't really get too excited about legislation until it actually is passed. So this thing is actually only passed a Senate Judiciary Committee. But it does give you an indication of what some of these people are thinking and what some of these uh, control freaks in Washington, D.C. would like to do to you, and your website. If you are a webmaster who uh, or a company that is allowing users to post content on your website, like uh, any forum does, or any YouTube-style video-sharing site, or anything that lets users you know, just comments on a blog post or something like that, uh, that they're going to try to make it so, or at least this is my understanding, without having personally looked at the story you're telling us about yeah. it now, Chris, uh, they want to undo Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act is the way it's sounding, which yes. would make it so, if that were undone, that companies would then become liable for their users' content, which means that they will just shut down any kind of user-created content right. from so that point There'll be a lot more censorship, basically. Yeah. And uh, if you want to comment on this, you're welcome to join us here. The toll-free number is 855-450-FREE-LIKE-FREEDOM, 855-450-3733. By the way, tonight, it's Ian. Nobody. And Chris. So tell me more about what's going on, Chris. So, yeah, it, so originally, they tried to pass laws uh, effectively that were, like, bad at, forcing companies to add back doors and break encryption or use weaker encryption, things of that nature. When that failed, this is basically what resulted. And they tried to go about uh, or go in a roundabout way, enabling this committee um, originally. The Judiciary was, Committee? Yeah, um, no, no, they, they were going to create like a, uh, a, it was like its own, com- I don't know exactly what type of committee, but it was going to create this committee that basically the guy, I think it was a bar, I forget who exactly it was, but um, he would be on who was proposing the the laws to add back doors and things mm-hmm. anyway he would be on it and he would basically rather than pass a law that specified exactly what had to be done it would be basically created through rules uh that were that were written by, by the committee yeah right by this by this committee effectively right. 
And um, so they were going to try and basically, you know, shoehorn in new law uh, without actually writing the law, you know, at the mm. at, at the Congress congressional level. Slimy. Very slimy. Um, but that apparently that didn't this was apparently that part of it was defeated, that part of the the way they were going to okay. do it. So now they're they're making some they changes got a new, to it. They got a new approach. They have a new approach. It's still bad. Oh, um, yeah. Still terrible. The amended bill has lessened but not eliminated the threats to free speech and encryption tools by both abandoning the attempt to give the commission decisions uh, or you know, decisions the force of law. Kind of weirdly worded. Um, and by adopting an amendment from Senator Patrick Lee um, of Vermont to ensure that deploying cybersecurity tools like encryption does not give rise to additional liability for companies. So they were basically suggesting that if you add encryption, you would be liable um, for the contents that you don't even know about of your users. That's insane. Yeah. You're saying they took that out? Yeah, they took that out. Okay. Um, Senate Judiciary Committee members have not given up their plans to curtail or even outlaw effective encryption technology. Uh, that attempt to end encryption has now moved to the Lawful Access to Encrypted Data Act. So they haven't actually gotten oh, rid I heard of it. about this, too. Yeah. I think um, I had this one in my show prep. Yeah, probably, um, which explicitly forces companies to build backdoors into their products to enable government access. That bill will likely be considered by the Judiciary Committee in the coming weeks. As voted out by the committee, the Earn It Act now pokes hole in Section 230's liability to shield uh, opening tech companies to federal and state civil liability in addition to existing federal criminal liability for transmitting content that these platforms did not create themselves. So in other words, if somebody posts, uh, you know, something mean about, you know, Susie on the internet, Mm -hmm. you know, they can be theoretically now held liable for, for the damages merely for being a conduit of that, information i mean if it's, this it's goes through, if this goes through yeah um the bill would amend section 230 to allow state suits from countless or I, okay maybe maybe it would only oh i'm sorry no no, no that's not 100 percent. well i guess it is true but it's only so there is a there is a little caveat here and that's the state would have the power to sue companies so it wouldn't be the individual but the state hmm. um so i mean it's still terrible that's, yeah right i good. mean yeah um Let's see, Section 230 to allow state suits from countless different state laws, possibly recreating at the state level the same concerns that the original Earn It Act pre- uh, presented. So basically, it could still, all the bad things that originally were in there could still come back mm-hmm. uh, because it would just be basically pushed down to a state level mm-hmm. as opposed to right now you're protected at the federal level. Um, you know, uh, and the federal level, it overrides the state, any kind of state laws that might that states might try to pass. Mm-hmm. So um, they would still be able to attempt to, states would now be able to pass laws that create liability and then sue sue the companies that violate it so it would just it wouldn't be that that would be possible the federal courts it would only be states that could then crack down is what you're saying if, I, if it that's goes what through as that's my understanding inter- current interpretation yes that's my interpretation of this um see we recognize and com- commend the legislation's sponsors for making significant changes to the bill the original premise created a commission headed by attorney general bill Barr. yep i was right uh to control mm-hmm. all online expression by removing to section 230's liability shield unless internet providers complied with the commission's vague pronouncements so basically yeah they were going to basically make some vague statements and say you know by effectively decree mm-hmm. uh because the law itself doesn't specify um that was dangerous, constitutionally suspect, and could have had severe consequences for free speech. Yeah, well, I mean, I I don't think that Section 230 
should ever have had to have existed because I don't think that right. anyone should ever be held uh, liable for something they didn't say. I mean, this is like, like holding the post office liable for somebody who sends a, a bomb so threat, sends a threat or, something. or something. Yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, it's absolutely ridiculous. So, I mean, I just don't... I, I'm always against the idea of making more laws, you know, just generally, and that's what ultimately Section 230 is. It's them saying, okay, well, you can't outlaw this thing because we're protecting it explicitly, and it's just like, well, shouldn't that just be common sense? Shouldn't it be common sense that only the person who said a thing should be the one who's liable yeah. for saying that thing? Why should you be held liable for something that somebody else does, period? It doesn't ever. make sense. Yeah, it, it's, it's absolutely just, insane. It is just tyranny to hold a company liable for something somebody else did. Now, if... The company makes a statement through, like if a newspaper editorial comes out and says something outrageous that is a threat or, or libelous or something like that, then yeah, the newspaper itself would then be held liable for that action because that was their opinion. That was Maybe. their editorial statement. Uh, well, no, that's, I mean, that's what the editorials are, right? Like it's the whole editorial yeah, board mean, of the newspaper saying right, a thing. Right, right, right. I mean, uh, of course, it, if you're, if you're, predecessing that by an opinion it means it may not be true so sure i'm kind of like that's why i'm saying maybe and and um i'm not sure i think it's kind of a it's anytime you you put liability on something it's just because somebody said it is it's a very dangerous it sets a very dangerous precedent and sure terms of i don't think freedom. that libel should even be illegal yeah i mean it's it's not something that you want to uh i, I mean, think anybody you, should be free to say anything they want about anybody else i don't think it matters yeah it's it's not that it's it's not that you should be lying about people or, or anything no. of that nature but it, it it's just it's very dangerous to put somebody in charge and say okay well we're gonna prosecute you for it you hurt my business yeah. you hurt my feelings i've been yeah. damaged and uh, it's a lot worse in some places like you, the united kingdom has some really terrible laws in this regard um the united states there's a lot more protection but in it's thailand still, if you talk bad about the king they'll put you to death right right i mean it, and this is and this is the slippery slope that you go down when you you start to say okay well it's not okay to lie about people yeah lying about people's not it's bad it's bad but should it really be you know a criminal no i would offense? say no and if you believe in freedom of speech you should say that these things should be allowed. You can hold your nose and you can detest them. You can say, I wouldn't do that or I disagree with you or point out why this person is a liar or why this person is is uh, you know uh, doing what the thing the things they're doing, why they're trying to drag somebody through the mud. Uh, I think for, I think bad speech is best fought with more speech. Yeah. I, I don't believe that exactly it should be shut down. That's why I support people you know with just terrible awful opinions like chris cantwell being able to express them yeah rothbard's position was that what other people think of you is not your property so, that's right you don't get to control that yeah and uh i would i would have to agree with that it it uh i mean uh libel is irritating no doubt you know i've i've uh, you become an activist, you get lied about a lot. Oh, yeah. I know you've experienced <laughs> yeah. it. I've experienced it. We've all experienced it. I think, I think it, all three of us in this room are particularly but, aware of how you know how terrible and what mean things people can say about you effectively. Yeah. Well, but, but also, uh, I. It's it's not in, the thing is the the alternative is worse. Mm -hmm. Right. You know if if you if you're going to force people to tell the truth. The first thing you have to do is have a centralized arbiter of what is true. Mm, that's, and that's, that's a, a problem. Pretty really dangerous. Yeah, eight fifty five, four fifty free. So if this thing develops further into an even horrible, more horrible thing, or gets passed uh, by both the Senate and the House, hopefully you'll update us. I'm sure you'll hear about it. Oh yeah, this Earn It Act. Sure. More on the way here. If you want to share your thoughts on communications and freedom of speech. 
or whatever is on your mind. 855-450-FREE. Like Freedom, you can join us. Free Talk Live. Remember when you first heard about Bitcoin? How long did it take you to realize this little project would soon change the world? Do you kind of wish you had gotten involved sooner? Well, now is your chance to be part of the next revolution in money. Intercoin is working to finally make crypto go mainstream. It's designed to be scalable enough to support everyday payments and even elections without the state. Bitcoin was originally supposed to be a peer-to-peer cash system, the way we would all pay one another without having to trust any third party. But instead, over time, it mostly became a store of value. That's because every 10 minutes, the Bitcoin network must put all transactions into a block. And that block can only hold so much. If crypto is to become mainstream, for everyone to use it in everyday payments, we need a new architecture, one that's as secure as Bitcoin while being far more scalable. Check out intercoin.org to find out more and maybe pick up some of those coins for yourself. It's Free Talk Live, and we're kicking off another hour here where you can take control of the airwaves, bring up whatever you want. Our number, 855-450-FREE-LIKE-FREEDOM. That's 855-450-3733. We have the Dis- Discord call-in line rooms over at discord.lrn.fm. So feel free to jump into one of those rooms there, and you'll sound almost like you're sitting here in the studio with us. In the studio tonight, by the way, you've got me, Ian. Nobody. And Chris, we are uh, going to continue. We got got some more tech-related news. We were discussing the uh, Communications Decency Act protection, uh, Section two hundred and thirty, protecting companies against liability for their users-created content. There, uh, that is under fire currently in the uh, the U.S. Uh, Washington D.C. State House or, or whatever they call it, the, the U.S. House, I guess. Uh, and so they're coming after that. You're welcome to comment there. Or in other news, there's an update on the scam artists. I want to say alleged scam artists, but not so alleged anymore because one of them has pled guilty at this point behind the BitClub network. Now, do either of you know anything about the BitClub network? Nothing. No. Nah. So there's a guy who actually used to go to the Porcupine Freedom Festival who was involved in oh the BitClub <laughs> network. His name is Joby Weeks, and he is sort of known as this uh, high roller. He seemed to be very wealthy, uh, had very, I don't know if he had rich parents or if he himself was incredibly successful. I don't know what his past is or how he became uh, as wealthy as he has as he appeared to be, but he was always like posting on social media photographs of his airline tickets. You know what what exotic destination he was going to. He he was that guy on yeah. social media, right? What was his name? Did you say? Joby Weeks, Jobadiah okay. Sinclair Weeks? He is one of four or five people who have been indicted uh, by the federal government in this BitClub Ponzi scheme allegations that have been going on and now there's an update in this story this originally broke uh the 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 whole like the the targeting of these guys broke back i think in late 2019 so this is an update 
in that particular case, a Romanian man, according to this is the actual press release from the U.S. Attorney's Office in Newark, New Jersey, a Romanian man arrested in Germany admitted today to conspiring to engage in wire fraud and offering and selling unregistered securities in connection with his role in the BitClub Network, a cryptocurrency mining scheme worth at least $722 million, according to the U.S. Attorney Craig Carpiento. Uh, Car- Carpenito announced. Silvu Catalin Balakai, age 35, a Romanian citizen who was living in Germany, pleaded guilty by video conference before U.S. District Judge Claire uh, Ketchy to superseding information charging him with one count of a dual object conspiracy to commit wire fraud and to offer and sell unregistered securities. Balakai and four co defendants, Matthew Gotcha, Russ Medlin, and Jobadiah Weeks, and Joseph Frank Ebel, were charged previously by indictment in December of 2019 in connection with the scheme. According to documents filed in this case and statements made in court, from April of 2014 through December of 2019, the BitClub network was a fraudulent scheme that solicited money from investors in exchange for shares of purported cryptocurrency mining pools and rewarded investors for recruiting new investors into the scheme. Balakai assisted two of the men in creating and operating the network and served as a programmer for the BitClub network. Now, I actually looked through the indictment on BitClub back when this happened several months ago, and there's some pretty damning stuff in there. Now, obviously, you're not guilty until you know you're proven guilty, but the allegations in the indictment are pretty bad, including an actual conversation, like a chat log between some of these founders, where they literally refer to their investors as sheep, and they refer to them in some very... Uh, unkind ways and they they actually admit doing a ponzi scheme like Mm. they actually use the term ponzi to describe the thing that they're doing Hmm. in their own internal conversations that doesn't sound good no and it was not good and i remember when uh joby who was a nice a guy you know a lot of these guys are real nice guys right like they're good at at uh at being uh, smooth or whatever, mm. and I, and I don't know what his exact role is because in the indicting uh, paperwork he's not really talked about very much. So maybe he was sort of like a a dupe in this. I don't know. I'm not going to say for sure. You know what level of involvement he had, but if he didn't know he was involved in a scam, then I gotta I gotta say he's pretty ignorant. So I mean, it came off. It sounded like a scam from the get go. Was what yeah, you're saying? <laughs> yeah, it, it yeah. you know it had all the hallmarks of oh boy, this looks like a you know multi level uh, scheme. And now that's not to say that all multi level uh, reward structures are scams, but they sure do. A lot of them really do reek of it. Now, usually, if you're looking at something that's a multi level marketing uh, product or service or whatever. You need to have an actual product. You know, you need to have an actual thing besides just putting money into a scheme that then collects money from other people to pay out the earlier people who put money into the scheme. And so here, BitClub tried to masquerade as though their product was actually Bitcoin mining. So they did have, or at least they wanted you to believe, that they had Bitcoin miners. Interesting. And I think at some point, some of their investors demanded to see evidence of it, and they, you know, they like threw together something to show them but like they were still basically like completely fabricating the numbers that they were actually receiving from these miners and that probably wouldn't be too difficult no no just some programmer programs Mm -hmm. the thing to make a thing look a certain way right 
Uh, and this was the programmer who we're talking about that just took a guilty plea in front of a federal judge. Hmm. From April of 2014 through December 2019 was when this thing went on. Uh, as part of the scheme, Balakai, who's the guy that took the plea deal, and Gotcha discuss, discussed that the target audience for the BitClub network would be, quote, dumb investors, referred to them as, quote, sheep, and plotted that they would be, quote, building this whole model on the backs of idiots, unquote. The BitClub network told investors they could invest in three different Bitcoin mining pools. However, Balakai admitted that at no point during the conspiracy was he aware of the BitClub network operating three separate Bitcoin mining pools. He admitted that he, at Gotcha's behest, changed the figures displayed as Bitcoin mining earnings to make it appear that the BitClub network was earning more than what was actually being mined. For example, in Feb- so they did have some sort of mining operation. Huh. It just wasn't what they were saying it yeah, was. Right. For example, in February of 2015, Gotcha directed Balakai to, quote, bump up the daily mining earnings starting today by 60%. <laughs> so to jump from one day to the next. Wow. By 60%, to which Balakai warned, quote, that's not sustainable. That is Ponzi territory and fast cash out Ponzi. But sure. <laughs> so he went along with it. In connection with his plea, Balakai confirmed that during the course of the scheme, the Bitcoin, or rather BitClub network, took at least $722 million worth of Bitcoin from their investors. Wow. Yeah. That's quite a bit. And this guy wasn't uncommon at events like Anarchapulco. In fact, I think BitClub even sponsored Anarchapulco one year, so they had like a big display you know, like a table or a booth or whatever at that uh, that particular convention. And, you know, this guy was always pimping this yeah, thing. Yeah, it's, you know, this is one of these things where, you know, you've, you've got you to be careful, you know. You don't want get to into, get into stuff or get into stuff too, uh, you know, too far, you know, or too much or to too big a degree. Right. You should diversify your investment portfolio. Especially if so you haven't speak. done any due diligence yeah, and you're just right. oh, that's a cool sounding thing. Mm-hmm. I'll just pour a bunch of money. I'll, I'll pour my life savings into this network that I have right. no idea whether or not it's actually doing anything. And of course, another example of uh, of a massive scam that is even bigger than this one is the OneCoin scam. You heard oh, about yeah. that one? Oh yeah, I remember that. It's, it's apparently hmm. still going. Wait, How did that work? <laughs> How did OneCoin work? Yeah. Totally fabricated. So there's never been a OneCoin? Yeah, I think at one point they said it was a MySQL database. Yeah. It was just the most hilarious thing ever. Yeah, it's just a just a website that claims that you've got numbers going yeah. up in a database. Yeah. You know? Oh, wow. You, you put money into this thing, and then you get some fake numbers to look at. Yeah, that's basically exactly what it was. As they, uh, they take, a, you know, take a ride on you know, sweet little uh, cruises and golf games mm-hmm. and driving, you know, flying around the country or the, uh, the, the world. So they've busted some of the one uh, OneCoin people, but there's some of them that are still on the run and so the apparently main woman yeah still on there. she's still missing yeah missing uh and there's apparently still like offices for this co- this company in different parts of the world last wow. i heard, that's the last i heard and i heard that like several months ago 855 450 free whether you want to talk about one coin or bit club or other scams it's free talk This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want here. The toll-free number, 855-450-FREE, like freedom. That's 855-450-3733. We have the Discord call-in-line rooms over at discord.lrn.fm, and you can bring up anything 
that you want to discuss here on Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live is brought to you by Bitcoin.com. It is a great site to go and visit if you want to get the basics of Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, cryptocurrency. You can go to Bitcoin.com to do that. Also, they've got an excellent news section over at news.bitcoin.com with the latest headlines from around the planet in the world of cryptocurrency, updated constantly, uh, I think at least daily, probably more than once a day, over at news.bitcoin.com. It's Ian, Nobody, and Chris in the studio. We're going to go into your phone calls and thoughts. More about online Bitcoin Ponzi schemes, because... BitClub isn't the first and won't be the last, and nor is OneCoin. There's a bunch of scams out there. You need to buy or beware on this stuff. Be awfully careful out there. But first, let's go to Joe. He's in Arizona. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, Joe. Yeah, good evening, uh, everyone. I want to talk about my little run-in with a mask Nazi who was actually the manager of my local uh, Circle K last night. Uh Uh-oh. What happened? Well, I, I walked in to get uh, get something to drink and uh, go up to the register, and she's behind her uh, magic plexiglass shield. Yep. With her with her mask on, and I did I did not wear one. Mm-hmm. Um, and she says you're supposed to be wearing a mask in here, you know, in her very officious uh, officious. Now, before you and- go on with the story, Joe, I'm just curious: what are the current you know rules in Arizona? Is there a government mandate about people wearing masks, or is it just oh. the store policy? Well, the the governor recently bowed uh, to pressure, and uh, there was a uh, I guess a home rule kind of thing where the, the the state policy was you did not have to wear one, and local governments could not override that now the government or the governor recently bowed to pressure and changed uh the state policy that local uh governments uh you know county and municipal uh could institute their own their own policies mm-hmm. so the city i live in which is outside of phoenix um decided mm-hmm. after the county government maricopa county uh instituted a mask requirement uh the city that i live in outside of phoenix also mandated uh masks however mm, okay. their mandate had a clear exception uh, for uh, uh, a religious exemption and a clear okay. exemption and i quote for persons medically unable to tolerate a facial covering got it all right okay so back so, to the story so what well uh, yeah so when she said that to me i said i quoted the mayor's mandate i said i am medically unable to tolerate a facial covering. I said that to her very clearly and she said, well, I don't want to catch this. You're behind you know, a plexiglass shield, lady. And wearing, and wearing a mask. A mask. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I said, you are not going to catch this from me. To which the manager of the store replied, well, I wouldn't want to wait on you. Okay. Well, um, does she have that choice? Well, yeah, I think she does. As the manager of the store, she has the ability to tell you to go take a hike. Yeah, I mean, somebody, I I would say that a business has a right to say that, you know, if you want to do business with us, you have to show up butt naked. Yeah, Um, they have a right. But I probably, you know, at at my age, you know, I probably won't show up at their store. (laughs) (laughs) Can can you guys still hear me? Yeah, it sounds like we may have a bit of a delay though. Can you guys still hear me? Yeah, 
Yeah, it sounds like he's hearing himself back. I don't okay, know what's going I, I, on there. Okay, um, I can't hear you over. I can't. All right, we're going to put you on hold, Joe. I don't know what happened to your connection. It was going pretty well there for a moment, and things got weird. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the the, uh, the store owner, and in this case, was the owner, was a manager. But the reason you hire a manager is to make the decisions that you would make in your absence. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, she's absolutely got the right to tell you, hey, man, I don't want to serve you. You know, it's stupid, it, but it, it's it's it's, it's kind of interesting because it's it's one of these situations where it's like the government in some at least in some instances, which I guess might be the case here, is demanding that the stores do this thing that they may or may not want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's like, well, okay, should I violate it, or is this a is a store policy just because the government's saying so? Yeah, or is it, it's real unclear yeah, whether store yeah. policies exist because of government mandates or because they perceive that that's what people will want them to do because they perceive that people are, by and large, scared and frightened and they want to see that companies are doing – we're doing something. I, I think the best way to deal with this is just to let it be a store – you know, let the stores let it, let it be private property. That I mean, would have been the that best would have way been to deal with this. The best, absolutely, would have been the best way to deal that's with this. That's the way that a freedom loving people mm. would de- would have dealt with this yep. situation. They would have said, you know what, every individual, every store should make their own decision about what level of risk they're willing to tolerate, and then let the market decide. And then we would really right. know. We would right. really know what people wanted and what people were doing and why they were doing people, it. People seem to have this idea that they have the right to pre- or put uh, or force other people into taking action and really you really only have the right to, you know, uh, decide do you want to go out and take a risk or not. And if you're if you're willing to go out and take a risk, then, you know, that's on you. And if you're not, then stay home and and don't take that risk. Yeah. Um, I mean, it seems obvious to those of us that, you know, that love freedom. But there's so many people out there that they really don't care about freedom. They just care about safety. Yeah. And they will do everything that they are told to do, including to go back to the beginning of the show where Texas, uh, their Department of Health is telling people that they should wear masks in their own homes (laughs) around their own families. I mean, just. The, the bizarre stuff that is going on here that people are putting up with and tolerating and even embracing and worse, shaming other people over is so disappointing uh, to, to see happen. And, you know, once again, libertarians like uh, most of the hosts on this show are we're firmly in the minority. At least if you look, if you believe the polls out there, it seems like most people, a super majority of people are completely behind uh, the mask wearing stuff and all of the fear mongering and the scare, you know, scary stuff that's being promoted out there. All, all of it. It's really disturbing. So if you want to comment, you're welcome to join us here. Our toll free number is 855-450-FREE. The gentleman who was on hold did drop off the line. Um, if there were technical difficulties, we always let you call back. So if you do want to get back back on, maybe there was more to the story. If so, I, I would like to hear that. We were talking about uh, these online Ponzi schemes, and Ponzi schemes have been around for a long time. Yeah, but it's not it's not new to crypto. <laughs> no, no, it's not new. <laughs> to period. It's not, it's not new. Period. Right. right. And crypto, or it's not makes new because it, of crypto. Crypto makes them worse in a lot of ways because. Well, because and one of the features of cryptocurrency is a also a feature for scam artists. Okay, it's good for the, uh, the feature I'm talking about here is the fact that you can't reverse a transaction with most cryptocurrencies. Yeah, but so, by the time the, by the time the Ponzi scheme actually, by the time you actually realize there's a it's too late. scam, it's too late anyway, yeah, regardless of how the money is collected. So I'm that's not really definitely so true. sure. Like, I, 
scams, sure, but Ponzi schemes, I'm not so sure. So for listeners unfamiliar, uh, Ponzi schemes are named after Charles Ponzi, who I don't know if he was the first person to think of this, but the idea is you put in money with the expectation you're going to get way more uh, shortly thereafter, and you have to keep bringing people into this pyramid in order to keep feeding the people who've been in longer, give them payouts. Like Social Security. Exactly. Exactly like Social Security. Uh, 855-450 free. Social Security is, of course, the largest uh, Ponzi scheme in the United States, and it's legal because the government does that one. Mm. More coming up here in moments. It's Free Talk Live. Do you want more businesses accepting Bitcoin Cash and Dash? Now, with AnyPay, you earn passive income for every purchase at those businesses. Finally, a financial incentive to spread Bitcoin Cash and Dash. You made it happen, so you receive the rewards. Download the AnyPay Cash Register app and add your cryptocurrency wallet addresses. Then, install it at a real-life business and tell us what you did at AnyPayInc.com. AnyPayInc.com. It's Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. The toll-free number is 855-450-FREE, like freedom. That's 855-450-3733. We have the Discord call-in line rooms at discord.lrn.fm. You can hop into one of those and get on the air with us. Talk about anything you want tonight in the studio. It's Ian. Nobody. And Chris. Also, I want to say thank you to David R., who is a Free Talk Live gold amplifier. That means that David is contributing uh, 10 bucks a month to the AMP program. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. The idea is to help us get Free Talk Live on more radio stations around the United States, bring new internet listeners on board, expose new people to the ideas of freedom. If you like what we do, then please do what David did. And join the AMP program at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. There's, uh, I've been digging around here on this BitClub thing. They had one of the BitClub alleged programmers slash promoters or whatever. Uh, the programmer has gone ahead and taken a guilty plea in the $722 million scam, alleged scam, to just bilk people out of significant amounts of Bitcoin. So $722 million worth of Bitcoin taken from people under false pretenses that thought they were investing in a Bitcoin mining operation when, in point of fact, it wasn't nearly what it was represented to be. They did have some amount of Bitcoin mining that they were doing so they could point to it and say, see, we got miners. Mm. But it wasn't the amount that they said that they had and they were spending the money on you know, vacations or whatever it was that these guys were doing with it. Uh, we can tell you more about that coming up here, and your calls and thoughts are welcome. Let's talk to Phil. He's in Florida watching us on Twitch at twitch.lrn.fm. Go ahead, Phil. Yeah, uh, first off, yeah, that's pretty pretty uh, sleazy about the uh, um, the doing the Bitcoin thing like that and people you know, really invest in. Um, also, the other thing I wanted to get into was uh, in Hillsborough County, they passed a mask law. Um, uh, which is ridiculous because here in Florida, um, if you have a concealed carry permit, you're not allowed to wear a face mask or anything that goes face <laughs> Wait, or what? any type of face setting. And so, um, you know, if, said if you have a concealed carry, carry permit, you can't anywhere. wear a mask. If Florida. you have a That's permit correct. or if you're actually carrying a gun. 
if you have a concealed, well, in Florida, you have to have a, a CCW concealed, um, uh, you know, you have to conceal it and you have to have a permit. But, hmm. uh, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that do, but you're not, you cannot wear a mask or any type of face covering or anything if you are legally concealing <laughs> Uh, and carrying your gun. So, so wait a minute. So wait a minute. If this, is, if this is about con- concealment, then they're basically saying you have to wear some sort of transparent mask. Do they make those? Well, they're saying you can't you can't cover your face at all if you're concealing carrying. So that's oh. what they're saying the the people that were that were talking um uh, uh you know two sides of their mouth you know because mm-hmm. uh, uh you know uh, and if you have a disability they can't ask you if you have a disability. And why you're not wearing your mask, just say you have COPD or asthma or you have different uh, conditions, um, uh, sure, the, the, the store does have the right to ask you to leave, but they can't ask you what your disability is. That's, mm-hmm. a, that's against the law. You and know, also uh, the two sides of the mouth. Um, and, and the one guy that voted, you know, the, the bureaucrats on the city council, He's like, or they have all these loopholes where, oh, you can still carry and you don't have to wear a mask, and oh, if you're and if you got an illness, you don't have to wear a mask. Well, 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 why, why, why are you even mandating it? You know, they still voted to mandate for everybody to have to wear a mask, which you can't wear a mask in certain situations, which you know by law they said that that, that they would, you know, um, uh, they they would consider and have to go by law. If you can still carry legally, that you don't have to wear a mask, and they can't make. It. Hmm. Well, I do have to say, I had not thought of the idea of a transparent mask, but uh, apparently they do <laughs> exist, and so I would find that to be the least offensive of all the masks, because at least yeah. then you can see uh, the person's expressions and face, which is one of my main objections beyond the fear, which I definitely still don't support the uh, the fear mongering. But Phil, anything else you want to sh- uh, share tonight about Florida? Uh, um, well, uh, just uh, uh, in Lakeland, they did a, a mask uh, uh, um, uh, uh, thing, so now we have to have a mask everywhere. I went to a liquor store, and uh, I walked in. <laughs> I have a mask, though, but I walked in, and the lady looked nuts. I don't like going into liquor stores, especially privately owned ones, mm-hmm. you know, in different businesses that, uh, you know, because I know they got guns behind that counter. Oh, yeah. And I don't like going in there with, you know, facial masks and stuff because, you know, it kind of, you know, could look, you know, you, you never know. And uh, it's Well, just, I'm sure uh, they're used to it by it, now, but yeah, yeah, I mean, it does, sure. it is weird seeing everybody looking like a bandit everywhere. Thank you for the call, <laughs> Phil. I appreciate it. The uh, toll-free number, 855-453-FREE. Joe is back in Arizona. He was telling us a story. I think this is the same guy who called in a moment ah. ago. Is this you, Joe? Yes. Same guy? Okay, yeah. so you were yeah, telling more us. Reli- more reliable phone this time. Yeah. I apologize. It sounds like we no got more good... technicalities. Yeah, it sounds like we got a good connection here, Joe. So you were telling us a story. You were in a gas station. Uh, the managers behind the the you know the plexiglass shield wearing a mask. She says, "Hey, you're supposed to be wearing a mask." Then makes some sort of objection that she doesn't want to catch COVID from you, and you said something to her, and then we had a bad connection. So tell the rest. Right. Of the story. Well, I, I I just quoted the mayor's mandate, and I told her I have uh, I am medically unable to tolerate a face mask, mm-hmm. and then you know she comes. Basically, she was condescending and lecturing me, saying, mm-hmm. you know, oh, well, I wouldn't want to wait on you. Well, if I'm following the government mandate, should I be mask shamed by the manager of a business? That was my point. Yes, I agree. It's private property, but yeah. I'm I'm following the government directive. 
I don't know, think the I'm government directive, that. you know, really matters. It's 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 really the private property owners, you know, uh, that, that matter as far as the decision is concerned. And then the question is, if 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 you have a reasonable, you know, uh, accommodation, you know, is it is it you know is it uh, from a moral perspective should they should they accommodate? And the pro- answer probably is yes. Right. right? Yeah, they should have accommodated. And I, and I, and I you, wasn't coughing. But, I wasn't coughing. Mm-hmm. I wasn't sneezing. I wasn't singing loudly or shouting. So there was no droplet. You know, I uh, wasn't emitting droplets. And even if you were, she well, was behind a plexiglass shield. So yeah, I'm not I mean, sure what her risk, what she thought her risk was generally there. And if she's really that concerned, she shouldn't be working with the public. She should quit her job yeah. mm-hmm. and go get a telephone job where she can sit at home uh, in the safety of her own four walls, sit wearing her mask all by herself, and she can feel good well, about herself. And I, and I didn't appreciate being spoken down to by no the doubt. manager. I mean, if... You know, I would say I what mean, she did manager, was entirely inappropriate. Um, but yeah, and I'm, I'm just wondering: should I should I let it go, or should I be a Karen and contact your company? You know, I just I'm torn. I, I would let it go. I mean, personally, like, look, you know, there's probably another there's probably another convenience store that you can go to. I suspect that's not the only one in but town. Not right? one is convenient, however. <laughs> <laughs> Great point. Hey, thanks for the call, but, Joe. Let us know if anything yeah, further develops welcome. on that. I appreciate hearing from you tonight. The toll-free number is 855-450-FREE-LIKE-FREEDOM. There's a lot more information, by the way, about the BitClub Ponzi scheme that we were talking about earlier in the hour. I've been reading through a really detailed piece over at BehindMLM.com. If you ever ever find yourself proposed by one of these MLM advocates, MLM stands for Multilevel Marketing, and there's a myriad of different companies out there that do MLM, some more legitimate than others, a lot of them just straight-up Ponzi scams. Uh, and so one of the best resources I've ever found online is a website called BehindMLM.com. They literally have reviews of just about every uh, MLM company out there, including like obscure crypto-only ones that only exist on the Internet. And so they've got an actually like a multiple articles here about BitClub. So if you want to dig into the dirty, dirty details of this uh, this Ponzi scheme, then boy, they got you covered. This is there's one article here that's just all about Joby Weeks because what I was saying earlier was this purported libertarian anarchist mm. guy, Joby Weeks, who's been to Anarchapulco and uh, the Porcupine Freedom Festival. You know, I was like, well, I don't know what level of involvement he had, so I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Well, once you start digging into the case. <laughs> I mean, by no means was he in charge of the operation, but he was one of their biggest promoters, and he was not your typical investor. He was definitely connected with the principals, and he uh, he said some allegedly some not so nice things, according to some of the allegations here by the Department of Justice. Eight fifty five four fifty free. We can tell you. It's Free Talk Live. You dial toll-free here and bring up anything you want. The number is 855-450-FREE-LIKE-FREEDOM. That's 855-450-3733. We have the Discord call-in line rooms over at discord.lrn.fm. Here in the studio tonight, Ian. Nobody. And Chris. 
By the way, Free Talk Live is brought to you by Divi. The next generation wallet is coming from Divi. In a few taps, you'll be able to spend, earn, store, and exchange digital money in seconds. Divi says you'll be able to send money around the globe in only a swipe and instantly exchange between Divi, Bitcoin, and fiat currencies like the dollar right in the mobile app and withdraw directly to your bank account. There's no need to wait, though, as Divi already offers the first one-tap solution for earning passive income with their multi-tiered masternodes, allowing anyone to earn by supporting the Divi network. When the new Divi wallet launches because of their relationship with Western Union, Divi will be in 200 countries, including the United States. You can learn more at DiviProject.org, D-I-V-I, Project.org. As we continue with more of your calls and thoughts, we go to Joe. He's in Michigan, watching us on YouTube. Go ahead, Joe. Yeah, thanks for taking my call. Sure. I, um, our governor today just um, mandated that you know masks are going to be uh, mandatory, and mm, restaurants and businesses are going to have to require them, or they won't let you come into their their establishment. Mm. And, um, apparently, it'll be a misdemeanor and a five hundred dollar fine. Wow! Um, if you don't wear one, um, and you know what really gets me is. Um, no legislation was passed. She's just doing this. She's using an old law from the 40s that gives her this almost unlimited emergency power. And, it, you know, if you go on social media, there's tons of people on there that they just love it. They think it's great. They think she's awesome and all this. But <laughs> people out in the real world, people are upset, man. You know, how long is this supposed to go on? How long are we going to play this little pandemic game? You know, they seem to be interested in playing it for as long as they can get away with it. I mean, the, you know, as long as there's people who are getting infected, the chicken littles are running around like they got their head cut off. It, the majority of people who've died from it have been elderly people in nursing homes, which these politicians sent sick people to nursing they homes. They sure did. You know, they ought to be frog marched in handcuffs out of the governor's mansions, Cuomo and my governor, mm-hmm. for what they did. Wait, and why would they send? Why would they send people who are sick to nursing homes? That doesn't make any sense. They did. Yeah, they, I guess they were worried about room in the hospitals or whatever. Which they were dragged up problem. to death toll. Is my, my best guess. I mean, it's old people. LRN FM. Just in case. <laughs> Sorry about that, folks. You were saying it's what? old people who die from this stuff, and so to to intentionally send. Sick people into into large groups of old people is just it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it doesn't seem like anything. Control, that seems man. Like it's insane. It's control. You watch. They're going to try to get rid of cash. You know, they're going to. It's. It's. They were trying uh, to do that before this whole crackdown. They were. Though, now so. they've got a real reason for it. Yeah, though. they're using. They're using all sorts of reasons. They're, they're using this as an excuse to crack down on all sorts of freedoms. Um that they were trying to crack down on before. And, you know, I don't know. Uh, I think you should definitely certainly resist it to some degree. I, I'm still using cash when I go out not, not because I in places that don't take crypto and stuff, but um, just because it's like, it's one of those things where I don't want to see cash go away. Cash is yeah, no, uh, no. certainly, you know, something that enables people to have privacy and control over their own lives. Right. And that's what they want to get rid of is any semblance right. of privacy whatsoever. Joe, uh, what is the, uh, you know, what's your temperature? You, you know, you're talking to people there around you in Michigan. I mean, how are they feeling about this? Well, um, people don't like it. I mean, normal people who don't, you know, just regular people. I yeah, but are they going to put a mask on? My buddy's going to wear it. starts Monday. 
the mandates that mm-hmm. my buddy's going to wear a catcher's mask <laughs> to the <local laughs> grocery store as kind of a protest just to see if anybody says anything to him. But, um, you know, the economy stinks in Michigan. I think we're at 22% right now or something like that because of what she did. 22% um, of what it was prior to the crackdown. Rate, yeah. Oh, 22% unemployment. unemployment. Like, okay. Ooh, it's going up. Yeah. And it's, it's, um, you know, he's, we, he means we Michigan specifically. Behind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to hit people with a $500 fine, a lot of people, you know, I was furloughed for a while from my job. I'm yeah. back to work now, but there's a lot of people who still, are sitting around on furlough or unemployment, or they're not going to have a job to go back to. They they're just going to comply, man. I mean, yep. You know, what are you going to do? You got kids to feed or bills to pay. Five hundred bucks. You know. Well, I wouldn't pay them. Five hundred bucks. Uh, I'd rather go sit it off in in a, a prison cell personally than uh, than enrich the state mm. for their tyranny. But most people will do what they're told, even if they don't like it. They'll grumble about it. While they put the mask on, and unfortunately, yep. unless unless you see mass civil disobedience and non-compliance, then you're going to see mass obedience and mass compliance. It's one way or the other, I think. Did you say mass or yep. mask there? Both. <laughs> okay, uh, but yeah, same thing. Hey, Joe, thanks for the call. Keep us up the uh, up to date on this, would you? No, you guys have a good. Let one. us know what happens. Thank you, Joe. Uh, let's talk to Jeremy. He's in Alabama, listening or watching us on D Live, which is one of our video streaming services at dlive.lrn.fm. Go ahead, Jeremy. Hey, man, how y'all doing? What's on your mind? Um, I guess for me, you know, y'all was talking about how the the misinformation and stuff, and the the media cycle so fast that people just. They just cannot remember what has happened day to day. But I, what I can understand, and this is what kills me more than anything, is the very, if you just look back to the very first reports coming out of Wuhan, China, they were showing people falling over dead with no symptoms. We have seen nothing like that. Mm. So that they, to me, they messed up on their very first lie. You see, wouldn't falling over dead be? Wouldn't falling over dead be a symptom? Like, isn't that something that like is? But you're saying that didn't yeah, happen. Yeah, we're US. not seeing that here. Nobody in America yeah, is falling over falling dead over when you're asymptomatic. In, right. I mean, I've been everywhere. No one been to Walmart many times. No one's no one's just fell over from COVID nineteen. Well, do you know anybody who's even gotten it? I know one person is a distant relative in London who was hospitalized for for COVID and got better. I don't, and I know one person who got it before I met him. How old was the person who was hospitalized in London? Um, maybe sixty. What kind of what kind of um. How many people do you know outside of like New Hampshire? Because New Hampshire is a more rural area, and the percentage of people who have it here is much lower than like the cities. Um, I mean, I've got I five thousand Facebook friends that you know, not not <laughs> a single one has been on Facebook either mourning the loss of a loved one mm. or saying, "Oh my God, I've got the Rona." Yeah, uh, I've not seen much either. I did, we have one guy who is an advertiser on the show. He lives in New York City. Mm-hmm. He came down with uh, COVID and mm. survived it. And that's the guy who got it before I met him, the guy that yeah. I referred well, to. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, let, let me ask Jeremy. you guys what you think about this. Yes, uh, it, if, if they're going to make you know nationwide mandatory masks, 
then they're most certainly going to make mandatory vaccines later. That is definitely what some people are concerned with, and I appreciate your call tonight. Thank you, Jeremy. The toll-free number is 855-450-FREE-LIKE-FREEDOM. I don't think they're going to try it in New Hampshire, but I think in a place like California, I think you might see some mandatory vaccines in a place like that. Yeah, certainly, certainly I wouldn't put it past them to do mandatory vaccines, but it seems more like those types of things are the result of... Uh, you know, entrance to schools and things of that nature. And they may try to keep it that way. That way it's voluntary. Yeah, that, that, voluntary way they can say, that way they can say, well, you don't want to go to school, then you don't have to have the vaccine. But they may also have corporations cram it down on their employees as well. That's a pretty good possibility. Like, oh, you don't have jobs. to work. You could quit your job. You want to keep your job, though. You got to get the vaccine. <laughs> so I think there's some legitimate concerns out there about that. And how overblown they are, I guess only time will tell the toll-free number if you want to join the show and bring up whatever's on your mind 855-450-FREE-LIKE-FREEDOM we've been talking a little bit of tech tonight we tend to do that when chris is on the show because he hosts his own tech show which is called freedom decrypted you can go and watch and or listen you can subscribe to a podcast or can download videos over at freedomdecrypted.com now that you're back from the you know the woods and you were up for some number of days. You were up, up with us there at the campground. Yeah, uh, but you uh, you're back. You're back with production, right? You're yeah. So producing. Saturday we'll we'll do another show. Um, it'll probably be the it'll probably probably will be another week or two before we do another show. But um, but yeah. this Saturday you're on. Yeah, definitely okay. this Saturday, and uh, there should be another show uploaded as well from the campground that still hasn't gotten uploaded. Check him out at uh, freedomdecrypted.com. We got a whole hour to go, including a story about some bad decisions being made by one of the major go-to companies for supposed privacy on the internet signal you know that app that's edward snowden recommended Mm. Uh, you've got news about them on the way and that is coming up on free talk live news from news.bitcoin.com btc miners give off a signal of intending to sell does this mean a bear cycle new zealand police seized 91 million dollars from a russian exchange operator anti-crypto sec head stepping down making bitcoin etfs more likely and you can make money by referring people to exchange.bitcoin.com bitcoin.com is your source for getting started with cryptocurrencies, getting a wallet, buying Bitcoin cash, mining, and all the latest cryptocurrency news at news.bitcoin.com. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live, and you can bring up anything you want here. The toll-free number is 855-450-FREE-LIKE-FREEDOM. That's 855-450-3733. Whether you want to talk about mask mandate madness or the Bit Club Ponzi scheme, we've been talking about those things and more. You're welcome to take control of the airwaves here. The toll free number is 855 450 free like freedom. 855 450 3733. With you in the studio, you've got Ian. Nobody. And Chris. All right. So uh, you can join us also on Discord, discord.lrn.fm. And coming up, uh, we've got some more news about tech. Chris, you've got a, a story about Signal. And for a long time, Signal has been an app that even people as renowned as Edward Snowden have recommended mm. that people use in order to add some level of privacy to communications over the Internet. Now, there's no truly uncrackable or private communication likely out there. It would be very, very difficult 
uh, to have a perfect system. Arguably, PGP may sure. be the best system that uh, that's out there that stands for pretty good privacy. It's been around since, certainly, what, the 90s? Yeah, it's certainly got a track record, for sure. It does. Now, Signal has a lot of good things going for it, right? Like, I've heard, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, uh, but I've heard that the guy who programmed Signal, Moxie, I think Marlin Spike mm. is his handle. I suspect that's not his birth name, but I don't know. Um, but this guy is apparently pretty friendly towards freedom and privacy, from from what I understand. And he's cooked up some sort of an encryption system that uses a different set of keys for every message that's sent, if I recall correctly, or something like that. There's some sort of ongoing yeah, changing That's That's kind of how, how Signal works, right. um, fun- fundamentally. That's what I'm referring um, to. But that's different than a lot of uh, encryption systems where you just have one set of keys and it's all encrypted to the same uh, set of keys with signal it's somehow changing them yeah, it's over rotating. time it's rotating yeah. yeah basically each time it uh it sends a message it generates a new key for the next message um so so if you could crack one message you can't crack necessarily the others in in over time exactly and uh and if you masquerade as somebody you'll cause a new key to be generated. So the next time that person tries to send a message, I believe he'll know that something is something wrong. Is, oh, okay. Because the key changed when he didn't send a message. Yeah, right. so, I think so there's it, some neat stuff going yeah. on there. So fundamentally, I think it's not uh, some of the underlying maths and and, uh, and so on are necessarily uh, problematic. Um, but You're saying they are problematic or they aren't? Not problematic. Okay. Um, but I think the, how do I say this, the signal itself, I've always been a bit skeptical of. Um, okay. One of the reasons is the phone numbers that it, you know if you if you want to talk about anonymity, and privacy, you have to have a phone number to sign up for the, the yeah, system. Yeah, exactly. It's a centralized solution. It's not a decentralized solution. Or a now, arguably, solution. the reason for that is to prevent spammers, right? Is to because the idea is if you've actually got a phone number, you've probably paid somebody somewhere and, to have a phone and number, and that's the other problem. Is mm-hmm. you're it's it's an app designed for phones. I mean, right. phones are fundamentally unsecurable. So right, and you say this misleading. as a as a privacy expert. Uh, you know, yeah. you you're I'm going to use the term obsessed uh, <laughs> in a good way with uh, with privacy. Like you're the kind of guy that puts a ultra private operating system on your phone. You root your phone. You put on what is it? Are you using graphene? I mean, what are you using right now? Yeah. So I would back up a moment and say I'm concerned about privacy. But if you look at what I'm actually doing, mm-hmm. I would not necessarily go so far as to say that I'm running a privacy friendly operating system by any stretch of the imagination. Okay. Okay. Um, I certainly will advocate for people to use them, particularly when they need them. But I don't necessarily like. But you are using yeah. one of those Google stripped operating systems. Absolutely. Right, wherein the Google um, apps are not so, present on so, that phone. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, right. I am taking. I mean, so I'm by comparison, steps, but I'm not going. I, you're I'm not, not of the belief that you actually have privacy. <laughs> yeah, right. It's just that it's more private in, on the phone than a default Google device. Yeah, there right? is some stuff you can do to shield your or keep some stuff private from right. some entities and, you know, government agencies that doesn't necessarily There's no mean, perfect solution. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah. it's one of these things where if you're, if you're working, you know, if you're a mob boss, don't go thinking that any of this is going to help you. It's not, mm-hmm. um, there, these phones are fundamentally backdoored, um, by their very nature. And while it may take effort, you know, some amount of effort for the government to, you know, basically, um, remotely, you know, tap into that, you know, 
that doesn't mean they can't they do, can it, do it. Right? If they if they um, want you bad enough, right, right. Now, if you're you if it. you're just a random person, you know, who's dealing small amounts of pot, you know, it may be good enough. It might be, um, and so it doesn't hurt to use it. Yeah, it's your just, typical uh, the local police department detective, exactly, who subpoenas the telephone company records looking for your you know text messaging. If you don't use Signal, if you're just using open, you know, any old text messaging, yeah. then that's going to be in the clear. The, those messages will be available. True. If you're using something like Signal or even Telegram, for that matter, even though Telegram's encryption may not be as strong, Telegram, uh, it's still a yeah. system that that bypasses it's the traditional text messaging uh, setup, and so it would be difficult. In fact, we even saw you weren't there for this, but there, I think nobody was sitting in the in the courtroom. It was at Christopher Cantwell's bail hearing mm. where. A agent with the Manchester Police Department testified under oath. Yeah, incorrectly. That they, no, not incorrectly. He testified under oath that they could not get access to Telegram servers. That by the use of Telegram, okay. that the uh, Chris Campbell had flummoxed the FBI because the servers for Telegram aren't located within the United States. So there's no there's no way they can put the pressure on uh, Telegram to turn over the information from their servers. Okay. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's what he said. I don't Maybe know. He was lying. I, I'm but. not. So, so here, part of the problem with this is, I mean, I don't know how he worded or what he said exactly, but there's all sorts of ways that they can get access to stuff, even when the servers aren't in the United States. Um, hmm. Now, I don't know what the Telegram servers contain. I don't know. Well, he know, seemed to think this was a dead end that they couldn't do anything. It, the only way they were able to get the Telegram conversations was yeah. by the end user turning them over to them which so, of course is the, the weakest point all right so so obviously every phone if you ever use telegram every phone has a you know they have logs on yeah. your phone so certainly they could have gone through that route and i think that's what he was saying effectively um no but, that's what they did they went through right. the physical device right, right. on the so-called victim's computer or whatever and copied the the logs from I, that. i'm trying i forget what the organization's called but there's an international inter i think it might be interpol or europol or there's basically different organizations that will allow you to gain access to evidence in other countries mm -hmm. and so it's more work for them to do that but to say and this is why I'm, I'm a little skeptical of what this guy said in combination with the fact that he clearly lied about uh bitcoin and um i'm trying to think what he said but he said it was anonymous or something and that i think he just was, didn't know well incompetence whatever yeah. it was you know clearly he this was guy talking is, about monero but he was using the term bitcoin right right and so and this is exactly the point that i'm making yeah. like this guy is he not, may not be aware you know a reliable yeah. witness and he shouldn't his uh, testimony could have been probably refuted by if if you had the money and resources to bring up another witness, Maybe. expert witness to refute what he said. Um, because clearly, you know what I've what I've heard anyway was you, know, you guys know just as well as I do. There's more to the story. Lot. Hold that uh, thought, Chris. We're going to go into David in Michigan first, though. He's listening to WKHM in Jackson. Go ahead, David. Well, good evening, gentlemen. Welcome. You're on the air. I kind of want to talk about, and I can only tune you in after nine because you have a pro. There's a program previous to yours, okay. on on the station here. But WKHM is a great station. Yes, it is, and we're grateful to be on. So finance, low tech, and high tech, and how are things being done? What comes to my mind right off the bat is, well, they do low tech finance. In the inner cities of Chicago, Detroit, which is not too far down the road. And, of course, your cryptocurrency, which I'm 
you know, at 58, I'm trying to catch up with it, but I don't think I will be able to because all the high-tech finance. The, fi- the finance? Is that what you're saying, finance? Yeah, yeah, the finance. Wait, so you're saying you feel like you're too old for, for this? Oh, you mean to understand no, that? Well, just that I'm I'm kind of a dumb a dumbhead because I <laughs> not that I'm not interested, but how do you keep up with that stuff? But the inner cities, they're still cash, aren't they? With drugs and guns, you know, illegal. <laughs> yeah, you got to have cash uh, if you want to buy yeah. some drugs in the inner city. That's for sure. Although uh, the internet can help that too. Hang on, David. We'll bring you back here. Uh, we can talk about. You know, being on the older side and getting into cryptocurrency, because actually there's a lot of older folks. Like, I've seen a lot of women in their 70s uh, purchasing cryptocurrency. Free Talk Live. You dial toll-free. Take control of the airwaves. Our number, 855-450-FREE-LIKE-FREEDOM. That's 855-450-3733. We have the Discord call-in-line rooms. They're over at discord.lrn.fm. And Ethereum smart contracts enable Intercoin to be traded against Bitcoin, Ethereum, as well as a growing set of tokens pegged to your favorite fiat currency. Intercoin can be used to turn these into virtual versions of Bitcoin or U.S. dollars that have all the advanced features of Intercoin community currencies. They would finally be spendable in everyday payments, be programmable, instantly convertible, generate analytics, and more. When done, people can cash out back into the original versions. Think of Intercoin as a decentralized, layer-two solution that isn't controlled by anyone. Intercoin is attempting to regain some of our freedoms that are threatened on the internet and in meat space. We think that's important here on Free Talk Live, so we accepted $40,000 worth of Intercoin tokens from Intercoin Incorporated for advertising. If you think freedom is important too. Check out Intercoin at intercoin.org. You can invest in this project and potentially make big gains or just be involved and perhaps shape its future. Intercoin.org. And we are talking about cryptocurrency here with David on the line in Michigan. He says he's in his late 50s. He's feeling like he's been a little bit left behind uh, by this trend towards cryptocurrency. And you're wondering, how do you keep up? Uh, that was the last thing you said before we had to run into the break there, David. So I wanted to just answer that and let you respond. The answer is you can't. There's just too much going on in the world of cryptocurrency to possibly keep up with it all. I mean, it would be a full-time job and a half just to try to monitor all the news headlines on a daily basis about it. So, you know, it's a very deep, deep world that you can dive as deep into as you want to. But like a lot of things in life, in order to enjoy the benefits of a thing, you don't have to understand everything about it and all of the aspects surrounding it. You know, when I walk into a room, I can flip a switch and turn a light on. I don't have to know exactly how electricity works, although it's nice to have that knowledge. I don't need to know it in order to operate the switch, right? So, or and the same thing is true of Bitcoin. In order to send or receive Bitcoin or cryptocurrencies, it's pretty basic and it's pretty. It's been made pretty easy to do now. You don't know how. You don't need to know the right. interoperational workings of a blockchain to really get the benefits of the you know the the protections it's, of the crypto. the basics are good to know like understand like how it works roughly but like you don't need to know all the math behind it in order right to, and i don't yeah, i'm yeah. not an engineer on these things uh, although nobody has been digging through the bitcoin code he's he's the kind of guy who can do that sort of thing um given enough time yeah <laughs> I, I can't may, may I, go ahead may I, yes may, may i ask questions please 
Where's the trust? In other words, our basic innermost trust that, in other words, if I have a stack of $500 bills, mm-hmm. and it's sitting right next to me. I trust that's mine. Mm-hmm. In God, we trust on every American denomination of coin bill. God, we trust. Where is the basic trust? If the light switch goes off, where's my dough? Are, are you saying God? Maybe you guys can answer that. Yeah, I can answer. Is, that. is he saying in God we trust? He's talking about trust. How do you trust uh, cryptocurrency? He was referencing trusting the uh, the U.S. dollar. Okay. Uh, and, and actually, the fact is, well, you can't well, trust also, the, the dollars. Also, hmm? No, but also that dollar that's worth something on the street or a merchant. Go ahead, sirs. Huh? What was the last word? I'm sorry, I missed what you said there. Well. It, the the almighty dollar God we trust is trusted on the street for drugs for you know uh, you know uh, prescription. Mm-hmm. So the dollar has also lost ninety six percent of its value since the Federal Reserve was created. Yeah, I think that's an important point here. I mean, you can have a stack of hundreds sitting next to you, but over time, the value of that stack of hundreds is going to go down. And that has been the history, as as nobody's pointed out, tremendous decline in value of the U.S. dollar over the last hundred years. Uh, And that's not going to get any better because, well, the politicians have all the incentives in the world to continue printing. Which is what they did. It's designed to go down. It's, Correct. It's their policy. Hey, from Jack. Hey, listen. Hey, listen, Muggs from Jackson, Michigan. We really appreciate your insight. I know you're short on time. Well, no, Thank I'm not you. trying to. I'm not trying to boot you out. If you got to go, that's fine, David. I wanted to keep talking about trust. No, I'm, I'm here because it is important when it comes to being, you know, money, being able to trust that it's going to do what it says it's going to do, Absolutely. and that you're not going to have your value stolen out from underneath you like you are with the U.S. dollar. And that's one of the neat things about Bitcoin is it's a uh, an open source computer software project where but even when though the light switch goes out, what happens? Are you talking about if the power goes out? Oh. <laughs> no, I mean, I some, somehow get hacked by a foreign entity. Can't be done. All of a sudden, my Bitcoin... It can't be done. Well, if it could be done, it would have been so done he may already. Be referencing mm. his phone being hacked. No, no, no. Are you talking about them taking down Bitcoin itself or just your personal yeah. wallet? Yeah, it basically is impossible. If it could be done, it would have been done by now, David. I mean, Bitcoin's been around for more than a decade, and there's plenty of people who would love to destroy Bitcoin, and they have been unsuccessful. There there are a lot of governments who are attacking Bitcoin Mm -hmm. and other cryptocurrencies. Mm -hmm. So this idea that it can be easily shut down is just, uh, it's wrong. It's not to say that there aren't potentially ways to attack it, but it's it's not. Yeah, that's right. You've got to make sure that your yeah. d- your dough is I mean, secure. There's no <laughs> doubt about that. And that's what's nice about Bitcoin is it has cryptographic level you know, security. It's very, very secure. There are a lot of people with a lot of resources that would love to take average, down Bitcoin. Number one, average, one of the big reasons, like David, me. that you want to take down Bitcoin is if you can break it, then you can have it, you know, you can just, you can steal it, right? Like you could siphon it off for yourself or whatever, but <laughs> that's not a possibility because of the decentralized uh, nature of Bitcoin. If you were so, the way the blockchain works, just to overview it briefly for you, is it's a public ledger that is decentralized and distributed, meaning that copies of this ledger, thousands of them, exist simultaneously on thousands of computers all around the planet. 
So if one person tries to cook the books on his copy of the ledger, the other ledgers will reject those changes and reject that you know false ledger basically because they're all constantly comparing each other's copies with one another for security's sake. And so essentially, it's impossible to cook the books on Bitcoin. I'm not saying I'm not going to say it's impossible to hack because obviously there's some possibility of that happening but if it could have been hacked i think it would have been by now yeah there's there's well, other nothing is impossible to hack there's sure. other and, and here's um, the thing here's but the thing. no one's done it and here's nobody's the thing. done it yet right 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 here's the thing it's it's yeah. a very secure yeah. but that, that doesn't mean there's not other ways to attack it or to attack people's com- confidence in it well, and that's what they're doing guys program there what i what i'm thinking is how deep do these thieves international thieves want to get are you referring to Which governments? Thieves? Because they will take as much as they possibly can, and that's oh, another hell, reason to. It doesn't need to, to be governments. It doesn't need to be governments. Anybody else that wants a, you know, something for free. You know, well, governments are well funded. They have the ability to, you know, throw all kinds of money at the things they want to destroy. Whereas your average thief uh, doesn't have that ability. Thank you, David, for the call tonight. I definitely do appreciate hearing from you. There are a lot of concerns that people have. Uh, and you know what? If you're too scared of uh, this sort of new frontier, then you know, stay away from it. It's no harm to you if you don't get into it. Um, however, if you do get into it, then you're relatively safe as far as storing these things because, again, no one has ever hacked Bitcoin. Um, so good luck to them. There's a huge prize out there if they can pull it off, but basically it can't be done from what I can see. Looking for a great real estate investment? Consider New Hampshire, which is ground zero for the Liberty Movement. Your first call should be to Mark Warden from Porcupine Real Estate. He's more than just a real estate agent. He's your New Hampshire concierge. Where are the best places to live? Do you want farms, city, the burbs, or forest? Do you want a duplex or multifamily building so that renters pay your mortgage? There are homes in all price ranges in New Hampshire, and Mark can help with financing too. Invest in Liberty and property. Mark Warden can help. It's Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever you want. Our toll-free number, 855-450-FREE-LIKE-FREEDOM. That's 855-450-3733. We have the Discord call-in line rooms over at discord.lrn.fm. There are a lot of concerns about cryptocurrency out there, some of them more legitimate than others. The concern that some mysterious hacker is going to take down the entire Bitcoin network isn't really justified in any way, shape, or form. The concern that somebody might steal your phone from you and you don't have a password on it and get into your crypto wallet, well, now that's a much higher concern. That's well, much I mean, more likely to actually And, you know, there's, there's still solutions to that already built in via different methods of backing up your key or sure. having a username and password. So if you forget lose your phone... But you if you back up in. your key and you don't have a password on your phone, that's not going to help you. 
This if you true. leave your phone on the back of a toilet seat uh, at the airport and it's on and unlocked and the next person walks in and, and then gets into your phone, they can then it, empty out your crypto wallet it, if there's no extra password yeah. on it either. I mean, you should you should generally have a password on your phone um, anyway. Well, that's what I'm talking about. If you want to compare risks right. with cryptocurrency, the risk that the Bitcoin network itself is going to be somehow targeted and taken down is very, very low compared yeah. to the risk that somebody's going to have Absolutely. crappy personal security and do something mindless and And the security issue also there's two sides to it which is if you have uh if you have no backups Mm -hmm. you could lose you could lose your key if you have but every backup that you have um increases the chances that somebody will be able to get a copy of your backup um, yeah, especially if you store them insecurely. So, yeah, if you store them insecurely, maybe and don't password protect the backups. Um, you know, I think what people have to remember is that you know, it's Bitcoin is like cash almost in some mm-hmm. sense, all right, or gold. You know, if you have it, you could potentially lose it. Somebody could potentially steal it. It's, you could. There is a risk, but it's probably less risky, um, you know, than having cash or gold in many cases. I think you're right. Um, so you know, at least if somebody, you know, if somebody breaks into your home and they steal your gold or your cash um you know they can actually go and spend it if they steal your bitcoin or your phone or whatever they can't necessarily spend it so if you've got your lock right you know, if, you've got, if you've got your password on yeah so you know um but at the same time it's like you still probably don't want to unless you know unless you are if you're an investor or um, i hate that word but um if you have a lot of crypto if you have a lot of cash you know, you're probably better off um, having crypto over the cash mm-hmm. in, in that, especially if you take measures to secure it, if you have a large quantity of cash. So, no doubt. You know, and, and like your personal wallet or like your you know personal safe, you need to take responsibility for the protecting right. that. Right. So you want to have a better security on that device that stores your large amount of crypto yeah. uh, relative to maybe a device that's you're not as concerned about, like your phone. Because, but your phone, if you lose it, you're probably you probably aren't going to have a hundred thousand dollars worth of crypto on your phone. You're going to have a couple not. thousand dollars, maybe yeah. you know, for spending money. But you're not going to have more than what you might otherwise have in your wallet, cash wise, either. So at least that would be a good plan. Uh, right, right, right. Let's go to William. He's in Texas, listening via podcast later on. William, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, I hope all's well. Hey, what's on your mind? Uh, I, yeah, once I call when you're talking about. So I have a question about the subject you're actually talking about right now. Okay, great. So I'm behind the ball, and I want to get some cryptocurrency. Uh, so I got three questions. So the number one question is, which crypto do you guys recommend? I'm referring to ease of use and low transaction fees, that type of thing. Bitcoin Cash. Yeah, Bitcoin Cash is probably my favorite. Bitcoin Cash, and here's here's why I'll tell you why. It's not necessarily because it's the best or it's the most privacy friendly or anything like that. It's not privacy it's friendly. Not. Um, the reason is because you can actually go and spend it, um, whether it's you know locally or whether it's online. Everybody is pretty much taking it. I, I can't well, we live of... in a special place, Chris. I mean, you can spend online, Bitcoin though, Cash. I'm here. saying online, you can also spend. Yeah, you Bitcoin can use cash it at like Purse.io, for instance. Not which... just Purse.io. Anybody who takes anybody who's accepting crypto pretty much is taking a Bitcoin Cash either. Yeah. Interestingly enough, the dark web vendors, I have not noticed a lot of uh, Bitcoin cash. Really? That's interesting. Yeah. Um, they well, might the dark be web's only moving towards Monero, Monero. Yeah, the privacy coin. But mostly anywhere else that's not the dark web, you know, you're, you're going to see Bitcoin cash accepted because even places like BitPay, which limit the number of cryptocurrencies that they accept to mm-hmm. like two or three, yeah. they're taking Bitcoin cash. So you're pretty much guaranteed to be able to spend Bitcoin cash. It is, well, uh, I wouldn't say you're guaranteed, but uh, it is, you know, relatively well accepted compared to 
to some of the smaller cryptos out there, I would say that. And the fees are very low when it comes to that. But then most of them also have low fees. Dash has low fees. Yeah. Uh, Monero has low fees. I mean, almost every other cryptocurrency besides Bitcoin BTC has low fees. So it's relatively easy to, uh, to do that. It's... But I hesitate to say that... You know, I don't want to make it sound like I'm picking a winner because I don't know where the future, you know, what the future well, holds uh, for cryptocurrencies. But, so Bitcoin but, Cash but is useful gonna... here, but it may not be as useful where you are. So it just depends. Well, but in most places, it's not going to be any crypto is not going to be all that useful. Because almost yeah, in most places, it. that's um, true. It, but it, in oh, some places it is. But if you are going to use it, you're most likely going to use it online, in which case it's going to be Bitcoin Cash or, you know, as far as low fees and, and everybody's taking it almost. Mm. Okay, so okay, uh, and I kind of Ian, I kind of trust your opinion and others, you know, more than other people, right? And I know you, you guys live in New Hampshire. You got a special thing going there. So on that note, about uh, what about who uh, saveitfirst.com? Uh, what do they take or whatever? Bitcoin Cash is accepted at saveitfirst.com, mm-hmm. and that's one of the most useful aspects of uh, of bitcoin cash simply because it opens you up to buying things on amazon with bitcoin cash at mm-hmm. a discount and they also take the original bitcoin btc there which of course gotcha. is the king of the hill bitcoin btc the uh the prices are high as far as the the fees go with spending bitcoin but uh that's why bitcoin cash is marketing itself aggressively as the cash alternative to Bitcoin, something that is intended to be spent, something that's intended to be liquid and, and useful. And I, I support the vision, I do, for uh, for Bitcoin Cash. I'm not going to say I think it's going to be the top crypto. I don't know what is going to dethrone I mean, Bitcoin BTC. What, what, how are you defining top crypto? In my mind, The largest crypto, market cap. In my mind, the top crypto is not the one that has the largest market cap. The, the, the one that's the top is the one that is most usable, most spendable. Most, well, then that would be Tether. Uh, you know, fees, lower fees. That would be Tether if you go by, uh, if you rank the cryptos. Where can I spend Tether? You can use it. Uh, there's a lot of places using it because it has more volume every day than even Bitcoin BTC does. I, I've never seen Tether accepted anywhere. No, you can't spend it generally on things which is in how real I would, life. Which is how I would be ranking. Uh, but the there cryptos. are some places where you can spend tether. Coin payments, for instance, takes tether. You can okay. you can have that in any place that takes coin payments, you can spend tether. But the the fact of the matter remains, as far as moving money around yeah. is concerned, tether is the top. Tether the top has its crypto. use case, but I I don't think as far as an end user hmm. wanting to be for, able to buy food. For or, listeners that don't know, you know, tether is what's called a stable coin. It's yeah, uh, it's a, it, a, a token that is tethered to. The U.S. dollar. So, so, so I think I think I think the answer is if you're getting into trading, Tether is something that you, you want to yeah. understand and know about, and you'll probably be using a lot of. But if you're looking to use cryptocurrency to buy things like on the internet or maybe not the dark web, but on the internet generally, or if you're in a place like New Hampshire um, mm-hmm. and there's you know physical brick and mortar stores, you know Bitcoin Cash is is probably what you want to be looking at. Yeah, and, and to be clear, this for the listeners, not you know, not not just uh, anyway. I'm not asking like what what you you know what your opinion of the best one is from that day forward. But what I'm hearing is that Bitcoin Cash is a good one, and at least for now, for, for yeah. the purposes of spending. Right, you know. right. Mm-hmm. So the last, so I want to be clear that I'm not asking like you know what do you think is going to be the best one ever. That's not the question. The question yeah. is you know most useful thing currently anyway, which can change tomorrow. So the last question mm-hmm. is the best wallet um, is an edge wallet or to, if I if I if I get Bitcoin Cash which I'm going to probably do because of that uh, what 
Edge Wallet is Edge a great wallet. wallet for a new user, I think, yeah. uh, because it uses a username and password combo to back up your data. Um, it's easy to get into. It's easy to install. It's familiar as far as username and password. I also like Exodus Wallet a lot. I've been using that as a cross-platform wallet where you can install that on both a laptop and your smartphone and hmm. see your same balances across multiple devices, which is a nice thing to have. So those are my two current favorites. Real, 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 real quick, before you finish, yep. another break's coming up, and I'll, I'll get off on. Uh, I don't want to have to store it on my phone. I want to be able to access it through a website. That way I can lose my phone. Check out Exodus Wallet. There's more coming. It's Free Talk Live, and moments remain here. Enough time for you if you want to join us now. Our number is 855-450-FREE, like freedom. That's 855-450-3733. In the studio with you, it's Ian. Nobody. And Chris. So we were just talking with a gentleman who was asking about cryptocurrencies. He had like a basic question about, you know, what's a really liquid uh, crypto out there? What's something that you can use in commerce to buy things on the internet maybe in real life uh, and and you both said bitcoin cash and I, yeah. I like bitcoin cash there's no doubt about it when uh, when bitcoin split in its first ever split since then it's happened dozens of times but since uh, when it when it first split into bitcoin btc and bitcoin cash bch um, I supported BCH. I mean, I, I didn't want to see Bitcoin split. I would have loved to, for it to just fix itself oh, and yeah. fix the problems that had arisen on its network, but they refused to. And so uh, per, people who said, we want to have a workable, useful crypto said, well, we're going to split it off. And they and that's the nice thing about cryptocurrency is that it's it's all open source. So you can copy the code and you can do your own thing if if you want to do that. And that's what they did. And I think it was the right choice to make. Since then, Bitcoin Cash itself split into Bitcoin SV and Bitcoin Cash. <laughs> and the original Bitcoin has split like 60 times or something ridiculous like that. Most of them splitting off into some unremarkable uh, thing that was just a cash grab or whatever for the people that did it. But uh, it led us to a conversation about the top cryptos out there. You can go to websites like CoinMarketCap.com or CoinGecko.com. I like CoinGecko a lot, uh, and it gives you a, a ranking of the diff, you know the different cryptocurrencies in the world. Usually thousands of them. In this case, CoinGecko's got seventy six hundred and forty eight uh, different coins listed on their website. And I remember just a few years ago, these sites only had like two thousand. Now that's listed. now they're ranking it by market volume, so they're not. They're ranking, ranking it by market cap. Market cap. Okay. Yeah. So they're they're ranking by market cap, which is not. And that is the total value in U.S. dollars of all of the crypto of the in trades. Uh, you know, of, no. uh, within a trading. Sense. No, it's the total. So it's whatever the market cap is the total U.S. dollar value of all of the cryptocurrency. Uh, of that one type in existence. So Bitcoin's current market cap is 170.5 and change billion US dollars. And you get that by mu multiplying the current price of a Bitcoin, which is about $9,200, times right. the current supply of Bitcoin, right, right, right. which is currently so, 18.4 million. Right, right. Okay. So <laughs> that's how you get um, the market cap. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, not and Bitcoin blows saying. the rest of them out of the water. The, the right. second place crypto is Ethereum at a market cap of 26.8 billion. Billion. So Bitcoin 170 billion. Number two is 26.8 billion. 
Uh, Bitcoin dominance is still about 60% or something. Yeah, about 62.7% according to coinmarketcap.com. So of so of all the cryptocurrencies and in, in all the gin joints and all the world, um Bitcoin is has a market over cap half. that is yeah. Yeah, over half. Now Bitcoin used to have a 90 plus percent market cap. Well, it used to have a 100% market yeah. cap. Well, way back in the day. But <laughs> but before Bitcoin finally hit a uh a real bumpy bumpy road of too, you know, it it became too popular and it wasn't able to scale up to the demand in the marketplace. That was when it was at 90% and then it it fell to like I think at lowest its lowest point was like in the 30 range, like 30 to 40% uh market dominance and it's since come back to the 60 percent range but it's nowhere near as dominant as it once was and that led us to talking about what is currently the number three and i'm saying the term crypto for tether but in reality it's actually a token it's not a it's not its own separate cryptocurrency it sort of lives on uh different blockchains like i think we've had this conversation you know about whether it is even really a cryptocurrency it's arguably not yeah yeah um, because it's not its own cryptocurrency it's a token on an existing cryptocurrency in fact it's actually on more than one network tether exists as tokens on a bunch of different cryptocurrencies including um, being worked into btc i believe BTC was the original uh, Tether. It's mm. actually now on Bitcoin Cash as a Bitcoin Cash token. It's on Tron as a Tron token. It's on, uh, of course, Ethereum as an Ethereum token, which is where most of it is. But it's on different blockchains. But number three right now in market cap is Tether, which is a, a dollar stablecoin. And it is in the news right now, according to Forbes. Michael Dale uh, Del Castillo, Forbes staff member, writing the story that a New York court is now investigating into Tether and whether or not it actually has the backing that it claims yeah. to have. And this is this is the problem with stablecoins and things that you know people are getting confused over the difference between a stablecoin and a cryptocurrency. There's nothing. There's no central entity behind a cryptocurrency. And here we have a stablecoin. There is. It's centralized. So, yeah. Right. It's centralized. So you there's something that the government can attack. And they have. We talked right. about, uh, I think it was yesterday, we talked about how USDC, which is the main competitor to Tether in the yeah. stablecoin world, they've got about a billion dollar market cap, whereas Tether's got about $10 billion. Uh, but USDC froze an account with 100,000 USDC in it. Oh, right. And they right, did it yeah. at law enforcement mm-hmm. request. Yep, exactly. So you got to be aware of that. Uh, but in this case, a New York appeals court has unleashed the state's attorney general to investigate a number of businesses behind the Tether cryptocurrency. While there are no formal accusations of fraud or other wrongdoing, the opinion from an appellate division of their Supreme Court gives teeth to subpoenas filed by the attorney general. The respondents, including both Tether Holdings Limited and Bitfinex Cryptocurrency Exchange, had unsuccessfully fought the subpoenas at the trial level before appealing. The news comes at an awkward time for Brock Pierce, age 39, who is the creator of Tether. I did not know this. Mm. Uh, we've interviewed this guy in the past. He, uh, we oh, actually that's were, super interesting. We were just talking about him last night because he's running for president. He's a, he? a Bitcoiner who's thrown his hat in the ring as an independent hmm. presidential candidate. I don't. Where do I know that name from? He's what a else child he actor. He was in movies like The Bad News bears or something like that oh. maybe it wasn't the bad news bears but uh um, little ducks mighty ducks he i think he was in mighty ducks or something yeah yeah i think you're right anyway he's he was a child actor he's 39 now but uh creator of the cryptocurrency tether who this week announced he was running for president representative for the new york's attorney general says he cannot confirm or deny the investigation includes pierce 
So then they talk for a moment about his uh, presidential campaign. They say he created Tether as a way for cryptocurrency investors to quickly enter and exit a position. Unlike Bitcoin and other cryptos, Tether was meant to have a stable price backed one-to-one by real U.S. dollars. But unlike traditional dollars, Tether can be moved instantly, while actually cashing out a crypto asset using banks can take days. And many banks won't support the service at all. And that's true. Right, right, right. Uh, By November 20... Although if you want to cash out... if you want to cash some out at, at spot, cashing out uh, crypto by selling it to the to a guy on the street takes only a minute. That's true. If you can find the guy. <laughs> well, uh, send it to me. By November 2018, questions about whether or not Tether was actually backed dollar for dollar started to circulate. And a predecessor of the state attorney general, Letitia James, officially began an investigation. After turning up some promising leads, however, Tether and Bitfinex filed an appeal resulting in a temporary halt of the investigation. With this new opinion dated this week, that investigation can now resume. The result of what the attorney general uncovers could impact any of countless owners of the Tether cryptocurrency with a total market value of $10 billion, and depending on whether or not is found is good or bad for Tether, may pave the way for a flock of new regulated competitors. So, you know, I it's kind of i'm kind of curious uh, you know because i've always been thinking like you know they're basically spending money probably from what they're bringing in so it wasn't one to one but if they're investing that you know all of that money that they've got in those mm-hmm. accounts the 10 billion right they don't alleged. actually have it in uh, you know the bank they mm-hmm. might have way more than what they've actually claimed um you know that they may they, they're claiming that they have they may have 50 billion dollars for all we know if that if those investments paid off yeah that's a great question so it's, it's then at that point it becomes it becomes a very interesting question of well did they commit fraud you know or you know something of that nature because they at least could pay it all back also what is uh tether's liability to u.s courts or new york courts my understanding is bitfinex is not based in the United States. Oh, really? Uh, but they Tether, probably have bank accounts here. Tether Holdings Limited is based out of the British Virgin Islands, according huh. to Wikipedia. So, uh, you know, again, why they take these New York people so seriously, I, I don't know. They but probably have bank accounts. I'm sure they maybe. have bank accounts here, and they're tied to the U.S. dollar. If you, if they're they they're enabling. They somehow have to get that tether out or get them get the u.s dollars for and then give the tether out so they've got to have some sort of connection to maybe right to uh even if it's even if it's through the virgin islands those banks are going to have to cooperate with the u.s or they're not going to have access to the u.s market anymore tether operations limited bitfinex uh the cryptocurrency exchange uh, are the ones that are being targeted for the investigation pierce isn't mentioned in the opinion but he is the founder or co-founder of uh, of tether back in 2014 and has also been involved in other cryptocurrencies so i guess you know time's gonna tell but if if it turns out somehow that tether isn't actually backed one for one that's gonna do some serious damage to its value in the marketplace and there are currently 10 billion of these things yeah. out there so that's a lot of uh, of money in a lot of people's hands that is at, at risk or maybe it's not maybe they do have the backing and everything's fine maybe. what do you think <laughs> we'll see you tomorrow night question mark online in the meantime freetalklive.com Ross Ulbricht is serving a double life sentence without parole for all nonviolent charges. He is a first-time offender, and no victims were named at trial. Ross is condemned to die in a cage because he made a website called Silk Road that allowed people to exchange what they chose using Bitcoin as long as no third party was harmed. Please help. Sign and share the petition at freeross.org to commute Ross's sentence and bring him home. 
This is a Corona Crisis Self-Reliance Alert. If you're worried about the power grid in the current crisis and want to generate your own supply of off-the-grid electrical power just in case, pay close attention. Here's why. A limited supply of solar backup generators will be available again in the next two weeks. These emergency backup systems provide life-saving electrical backup power when you get off the grid. And unlike gas generators, these solar generators run quietly, emit no fumes, and produce an endless supply of free electricity from the sun. Dangerous weather, social unrest, or overloaded grids this summer will not be a problem if you go to MySolarBackup.com and get your solar backup generator. We regret that supplies are limited and only available on a first-come, first-served basis. Check availability at MySolarBackup.com. Never suffer painful power outages again. Go to MySolarBackup.com. That's MySolarBackup.com.